All right. Hello again, and thank you for downloading or streaming episode three of the I Gotta Ask podcast. My name is Daryl Oliveira. I am the host of this show, and my guests today were Rob Hughes and Nate Bulla. Rob and Nate are two-thirds of an excellent cover band called Shred Penner. The other third is uh, another good friend of mine, Matt Elder, who I didn't ask to be here today because I'd like to do one of these um, separately with him. He is a guitar teacher by profession, and I am a guitar player, so it'd be nice to sit down and just discuss um, guitar-related stuff um, for the folks out there that are interested in, in just the guitar-related stuff. So, um, But either way... Um, had Rob and Nate in here. Rob, I've known for probably 20 years or more. We met in high school, uh, became almost instant friends, um, and just a great guy. He ended up actually being uh, the best man at my wedding. We've tried multiple times over the years to form a band and um, keep it keep the ball rolling with that uh, with limited success. But nonetheless, uh, he's an excellent guy. I'm glad to have him in here. And he brought with him Nate Bulla, who is the drummer of Shred Penner and also a professional drummer by trade, which I find super interesting. Um, there's nothing I like more than hearing about people who are doing what they love for a living and making it work. Um, on top of being in Shred Penner, uh, Nate is also in two other bands. One is Auras and the other one is Intervals, two internationally touring bands. And they're, they're both excellent. They're very different bands, but they're both excellent in, the, in their own right. So highly recommend checking them out as well. Um, our conversation today was a lot of fun. We just got silly and talked about a whole bunch of different things, um, including what it is like to travel uh, with those with auras and intervals, as well as what it was like to travel with the band that Rob was initially in when um, Nate met him, which was called Vinyl Heart at the time. And we talked about the pluses and minuses of keeping an AskFM account, the impending uh, self-awareness of artificial intelligence and what that could mean for um, humanity in general, and how Nate got the nickname Screwy Louie, which I had no idea until I asked him today when we sat down. I've heard him called it a million times, never knew why he had it, so it was fun to find that out. And like I said, we just got silly about a whole bunch of other stuff. So I really hope you enjoy my conversation with these guys. They're a blast to talk to. They're even more fun to hang out with. So as I said, if you can catch them live in any way and get to meet them and talk to them, if you don't already know who they are, uh, do so because you will be probably in stitches more often than you're not. Uh, so without further ado, let me roll the intro music. I thank you again for listening and enjoy. Okay, episode three of the I Gotta Ask podcast. I'm here with Rob Hughes and Nate Bula, who are in the one of the best cover bands I know of called Shred Penner. Wow. How are you doing, guys? Good. Not bad. Not bad, not bad. Yeah. Good. Thanks for coming in. Appreciate it. No problem. Yeah. Of course, yeah. We were talking a little bit before about how you guys uh, got linked up, because like Shred Penner, the timeline is kind of, we don't really know what the timeline is. It's kind of very Shred Penner. Yeah. Yeah, we <laughs> yeah. don't know the time. We don't know when it started. Or... For uh, for anybody listening that doesn't know Nate and Rob, um, Nate is uh, a professional drummer. You don't have a day job, right? That is <laughs> that is what you do, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. And uh, Rob is a courier, professional driver for a living, but he also is uh, basically, you might almost be like a full-time musician because you're doing that so much too. On Feels the side, like it right? sometimes, yeah. 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 So, okay. So you were in, we were talking before, you were in the band Vinyl Heart, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, so yeah, it was the Tyler Swendy band when we first started the band. Yeah. And I just joined to be a, 
I actually joined more for backup vocals than anything. I wasn't really a bass player. Mm-hmm. I just kind of played bass because they needed a bass player and they needed harmonies. So yeah, that band turned into Vinyl Heart. Um, and then yeah, I think we played a show with Nate's band. Yeah, at the time. What yeah. band was that? Uh, I was in a pop punk band called Chasing Amy. Oh, that's right. Oh yeah. And yeah. it we it was a show at Maxwell's, the old Maxwell's, um, when it was still kind of a small venue and there was like a back door. And I remember talking to the drummer at the time of Vinyl Heart for a while. And so we just started hanging out and then started hanging out with the Vinyl Heart guys. We had a crazy night in Niagara Falls. Yeah. The rest is history. And you, so you toured with Vinyl Heart as like a tech? Yeah. They, a drum tech or an overall tech? Everything tech. Yeah. I was like tuning guitars and passing to people on stage. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's good. That sounds like a lot of fun, actually. I really just wanted some experience jumping in a van going across the country because I was already going to do it like I was already planning on doing it with different bands but I didn't have an, an opportunity really to actually do it um, properly I yeah. guess you know everything always happens around Ontario and Quebec and you do these little runs mm-hmm. here and there and you can drive back home to Cambridge if you need to but I yeah, haven't yeah, yeah. I wanted to like get myself out there and yeah and I was like 19 or 20 I think at the time so I don't know they were they seemed like funny guys didn't even know anyone yeah much at all other than the drummer yeah i think we only hung out a couple times before that mm-hmm. tyler and i tyler and i were hanging out for probably like eight six months or something like that before that Twenty. the drummer no the drummer oh, the drummer Smith. okay yeah, yeah. saboni saboni yeah. So how long? Where did that tour go? And it was just it was just Canada, right? And you went. I think you went west. All the way right? to Banff. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. went. Uh, I think it was. Thunder Bay. Actually, we started in well, we started in Toronto. We played the Elma Combo. Oh, nice. Then we went oh, to yeah. Thunder Bay, um, Winnipeg, yeah, yeah, Kenora, uh, Calgary, Edmonton, yeah. Banff, Regina. Mm-hmm. I don't think we played no, there. We didn't though. play there. We just hung out there. Saskatoon, actually, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. No, you hung yeah, out yeah, in yeah, Saskatoon. Right. Yeah, right. sounds you're like right. a blast. Yeah, yeah. It actually, was a really fun <laughs> night. You're right. Yeah. I've never been west, so I know nothing about the western provinces. It was a good. Uh, it was cold. Yeah, I can imagine. It was yes. winter when we you didn't guys went. Pick the best time to go, especially <laughs> on the way home. We had a like horror. Uh, yeah, the horror story driving. It was the most scared I've ever been behind the wheel. I was I was driving first, and it started going nuts. And I just remember looking back, and I had this like ghost white face. And Rob looked at me. He's like, "What was it? Snowstorm? Like, it was yeah. It was the yeah. snowstorm to end all snowstorms. It was probably just a regular snowstorm up there. <laughs> but up in but that Thunder Bay us, area, like." like yeah. And the worst thing was like we were we were Clips. at my mom's for a little bit in yeah. uh, in Brooks when right. we were out there. We actually spent a few days out there. It was really nice. And uh, she, you know, she's a mom. She's very concerned. Yeah. She's like, text me and call me all the way. And like, yeah, totally. Back at the time, we all had Rogers cell phones, and there was zero Rogers towers up there. Only Bell. So there was like a, seriously, yeah, it was yeah. like I don't know a six hour, maybe more even. More, yeah. It was a lot between Thunder Bay and uh, I think Sault Ste. Marie. Literally, none of us had any cell phone reception. So this, so Nate had wanted to drive the van. I'm like, I drive for a living, and I'm like more yeah. comfortable driving. So I did a lot of the driving. Um, but finally, like, the we end, were, yeah, yeah, it was near the end and it was a nice sunny day. And I'm like, sure, man, go for it. Drive. And he was a young kid at the time. Right. Right. And I, uh, I wake up and I, I was asleep in the back and I look and I see the like non just pure white. Yeah. It's like, it was like warps. It was like light speed in the Millennium yeah. Falcon. Yeah. Where all yeah. the stuff's yeah. just coming yeah. at the lights. Yeah, I know those yeah. storms. Like Vertigo. Like, yeah. I couldn't even. It was crazy. So then I say, Nate, I'm like. Hey man, it's cool. Just like pull over whenever you can. Yeah. Next. I'm just like, where, where do I pull and over? I think we drove for another hour and a half before he could actually pull over. There was no, no shoulder up there. It was all cliff. It's like 
and it is like it's a half shoulder so you're still yeah. be on the road and you can't see there's no visibility there's no no safe spot to pull over so it was a it was frightening it was a terrifying evening. what province was this this was northern ontario yeah, it was just oh this is northern yeah, ontario yeah. right near thunder bay it might wow. have been between kenora thunder bay like it was like in between the lakes yeah, it and all was that. yeah well we stopped in dryden pretty pretty north we though, went right? to walmart in dryden right. and grabbed some supplies yeah and uh and over to dryden yes <laughs> and then yeah it got it got crazy like i think that the drive was only supposed to take four hours i think or mm-hmm. something and it took us like eight or Jeez. something like i was literally doing 40 and it was horrifying. Like Probably, I, I literally thought we were gonna die. Was, was that like, which van was that? Now a rented van? Yeah, no, actually no, no. we had our van. We yeah, had a no. van. It was a it was a, it was a twelve passenger blue. Yeah, pro- e- but I was gonna say probably with the, like not the right tires on it for driving in the uh, winter. I think they were actually not, not winter tires. Yeah, they weren't winter tires, but we Just had so much we had so much gear yeah. in, in the tr- like it was packed. Yeah, we had we didn't have a trailer. Bodies. Right, so we had all of our gear. Oh, you had no trailer. You had all the gear. all packed on the back <laughs> end of the van. Yeah. yeah, so it actually like was pretty that good to drive you, in, right? Yeah. All the weight on the back wheels. Sure, but I'll never forget like when we got to our gig that night in Thunder Bay. Yeah, um, I just went and I. I went to the bar and I had a beer. It was the best beer I've ever had in my life. I was like, I don't know if I'm ever going to drink beer again. And, and, and it happened and it was good. But the, the funny story about that gig is um, we actually didn't have that gig on the way home. Yeah. Originally, we, we had an original gig scheduled in Thunder Bay. Mm-hmm. and On the sh- way up. On the way out. Yeah. A week and a half before this. Yeah. Yeah. A week. Yeah. Yeah, I thought you guys and, had one in Thunder Bay. Yeah, yeah and um, we show up. I remember getting the. I was the first one in the venue, and I was like looking for people. And the one I saw one guy, and he was like, "Hey," and I was like, "Hey, we're here to load in." He was like, "Oh, you didn't hear?" And he like laughed. I'm like, "Oh no, oh, what?" Yeah. He's like, "The show's canceled." Oh. And I was like, "What? They we couldn't just, have called you? Like we had just well, I think they like, tried it in the eighties. I think we were in the the abyss. Yeah, of, we were uh, in the non abyss. Rogers. Oh. So anyway, we didn't get the message until we 16 got sixteen hours of driving to get to that. Yeah. And oh we no. And a sleepover in uh, good old Wawa. Yeah, well, when I slept in the van, it was like a dangerous move. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we so then we started walking around the the city of Thunder Bay and trying to talk to bar owners. Yeah. Basically. So we they they recommended a bar up the street. Uh, we went in and the guy, I think there was another band playing, right? And mm-hmm. he said, I can't pay you guys. I can give you a bunch of beer and some food. And uh-huh. he said, can we sell merch? And he's like, yeah. Yeah. Why not? So I th- I remember, remember we went to the, the college or university. What is it? That's and we, right. We, we, I handed out. There's like, people getting out of exams and we're handing out like flyers. Like come, come down to the, our show yeah, tonight. That's we a good idea. We like, it's a good idea. Yeah. So anyway, it was a yeah, packed it was show. Business cards. That's what it oh, was. Business cards. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was a pretty packed show. And the guy said, Hey, when are you coming back? Uh, we're like, well, it's a Wednesday. He's like, yeah, come on back. He's like, I'll do the same thing for you. Uh, what I think he got us a hotel room yep. that night yep. coming back. Because, yeah, we di- I did sleep. I was like, I slept in the van with you that night. Yeah, that's right. That's anyway, crazy. It was eh? pretty cool. Brad and Mike, like when Brad and Mike Catherine were here on the last show, they were telling me the same thing, like touring with Somehow Hollow on that first tour is a cross-Canada tour in the winter. Yeah. And no money. And sleeping in a van when it's like, there's no insulation in a van unless that thing is running. It is way too cold to sleep in a van in the, in Ontario in the uh, winter. On even on like a mild winter night, it's too cold. But you know what's it's funny? Chilly. It's a, there's a funny thing about the whole sleeping in the van thing where you think you're like, oh, the winter is the worst. But it's interesting because you you can bring a duvet uh, like yeah like blanket. You can bring a sleeping bag. You can bring seven sweaters and you yeah. can bring long johns and you can bundle up to the point where your body heat <clears throat> can be insulated mm-hmm. and can keep you sure. quite comfortable. Yeah, I mean, people do winter camping all the time in tents. Now, and but on the, on the flip side, if you ever try to sleep in a van in the middle of the summer, 
<laughs> it's the wor- there's no way to stay cool. <laughs> there's it's no impossible. airflow or yeah. anything. Even if so the windows crack down. the windows, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like you, we. There's been a couple occasions I've woken up and mm-hmm. like <gasps> and just oh, like yeah. crawling for the oh, door. Like it's yeah. So the winter, I never really found that to be that intimidating yeah. because it was you could just layer up more. Sure. I was afraid of summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's not comfortable. But Vinyl Heart never made it to a summer tour, did they? No, that was it. <laughs> just the, yeah, just the. Uh, I the kind of I, I helped out for a handful of of gigs after that, but I don't I don't think I was around for too much longer. Like I yeah. wasn't I wasn't really part of the band. I was I had my own mm-hmm. band. And, yeah. You never played drums in that band? No. I, I, for some reason, I had a feeling that you did for a while, but you must not have. Nope. No. Hmm. And then. So that's how you got linked up with Rob and Matt then first. Yeah. 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 And Initially, then you guys yeah. formed Shred Penner like shortly after that, after that tour was over was, or when they, did that happen? They were already playing covers with their, their buddy Ryan and right in Toronto and, and then also playing covers with the singer of, of the Vinyl Heart as well. Right. Yeah. Uh, I remember that. As a different yeah. band. Mondo Bizarro. Mondo yeah. Bizarro. And yeah. I, so I started doing gigs with Mondo Bizarro and then basically what happened is down the line, Tyler just ended up going different ways. And yeah. So we just were like, well, we can't, we're not going to call ourselves Mondo Bizarro anymore. Mm-hmm. And they were already calling themselves Shred Penner before sure. and they weren't using the name anymore. And yeah, I loved it. I grew up in a Fred Penner. So <laughs> yeah, well, who didn't? I was yeah, like, if I, you're I our age, to, like, yeah, I remember like his cassettes. Yeah. I, remember, I had the orange cassette, like <laughs> specifically. Remember I remember that. being a little kid and like wanting to crawl through logs to go find him, you know, because mm-hmm. that's how he got into the set. <laughs> yeah, know? totally. Yeah. Get out but of there. It was always weird. Why did he come in through a log? I don't know. I loved it. I thought it was awesome. I'm like, wow, that's just, just everything about it. I that it. always pissed me off. And where the fuck was Pokeroo? Like, <laughs> God damn it. You know, like you just missed him again. Yeah. Again? I mean, like schedule something. Yeah, schedule a meeting. I know. Like it can't be that hard. No. You know? So now you guys are playing gigs like fairly frequently still, right? Like I know it's cut back a little bit recently, yep. but yeah. Lots of weekend gigs. Yeah. Still Toronto lots or no? Not as much. I, uh, I've been noticing that like I haven't been seeing the Toronto date, so I wasn't sure if I was just not seeing the posts or if they just weren't happening as frequently or what was going on. Yeah, not as much. We're playing a lot around here yeah. more mm-hmm. and it's kind of better for us. We live here. It's better for me too. I get to uh, see you more. Yeah. I love it. Everyone gets to see us. It's great because yeah. there's, there's a lot of times we go to those Toronto shows and there's literally no one there we know. And right. I mean, it can be fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, it can be very fun. It can be very fun. Um, it's always better when, you know, you have the hometown crowd and all your friends yeah. get to come out and some family and whatever. It's that St. Paddy's Day show, man, at the Kiwi was oh, yeah. unreal. Like there was so that many was people second there. Gig, second gig of the night. Yeah, we played before Yeah, that. you played at Gatorstale. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was a long, long day. My two favorite Cambridge bars. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just, I when I walked in, I first of all, I couldn't believe the amount of people there. I was like going to get a beer, and I'm like, screw this. Like, I'm not standing in that lineup for a drink. And then uh, and then you guys started playing, and just the whole room, like, there is always the odd people that just want to chat and hold their beer and whatever. And But then, like, the I would say 70% of that room turned and was watching you guys, and it was awesome. It felt like a proper show. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It was... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's always night. fun playing there, but that one's probably up there. New Year's yeah. Eve was pretty good too. Yeah, at, also did you the do Kiwi? Yeah. Kiwi. Yeah, yeah, and uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's always fun. Yeah, totally. So, besides Shred Penner, uh, Nate, you're you're in a couple of touring bands. Like, I know we talked about you being a professional drummer. Basically, you're not doing any day job work. Yeah, um, well, I teach like during the week when I'm home. Oh, do but, you? But I spend so much time on the road. Yeah, that's so right. That we were just talking about that. Actually, to, yeah, I kind of have to. Yeah, I just came from a lesson. Yeah. Uh, the, 
Yeah, the the touring thing is interesting because it sort of varies depending on mm-hmm. who it is and, and what yeah, it's Yeah, so but. tell us a little bit about that then. So you've got, you're in Auras, which is... It's like a progressive metal band from, metal, from yeah. around here. Yeah, it's right. real, yeah, real heavy stuff. Like mm-hmm. I'm going berserk the whole mm-hmm. time and it's, yeah. you know, I got to be I honest. just saw that video that got put out by... Um, Gear, Gear God, yeah, Gear God's put out. Yeah, I did, yeah, the playthrough came the playthrough. out today. That's yeah. right. That looks pretty cool, actually. That was a lot of fun to do. They just set a, you up in like a room and actually, light it up. And I, I did it. I, you did. I didn't film it. I got a guy. The guy that actually did our last music video, uh-huh. did it, but I kind of just orchestrated the room and got all my recording gear mm-hmm. out. Brought a bunch of my studio stuff to this room and, mm-hmm. and tracked the drums while he filmed it. Brought he brought us like his cool lights and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. Yeah, that, that's what I was wondering because there was like professional lighting and stuff. It looked really good. Yeah, the goal was simplicity, just to do one mm-hmm. take. Um, so the lights were kind of just like a an aesthetic. Part that was of all it. filmed in one take. Yeah, yeah, it's just one continuous wow, shot. Cool. He, he never stops. Oh, I didn't even filming. realize there was no edits in that because the camera moves; it pans yeah. around a bit. I yeah, that, that I was. I didn't even little, think there was no. Yeah, edits. well, that's one of those things that when you, when you have like. Uh, when you're not like in charge of all the things that your band, like when you just sort of have to submit things to people so they could give it to so-and-so so mm-hmm. you can get it wherever mm-hmm. those people somewhere down the line, you're playing the game of telephone. So I could be like, you know, here's this and, and make sure that this is said about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, half the time or most of the time that doesn't happen. Right. And the one thing I wanted to advertise was the fact that it was one continuous shot because I think that was kind of an interesting way of, of going about it. And I don't really like chopping in halfway through and yeah punching in stuff i just rather would, would do it right makes it weird for syncing up too like i yeah. thought about filming this and putting it like on youtube and just making it like you know what like like set up two cameras and then just switch back and forth and editing like you know in post like mm-hmm. you know guest whatever but that's a lot of work man and yeah. syncing everything up and getting it just right like, it's not crazy difficult but it's just i don't know there's some there's there's just an aspect of cutting cameras that allows more doctoring to happen depending on yeah you know the viewer and what their opinion is but i just wanted that whole you know one one take because that's how it's going to get done anyway so right. if we use three cameras and cut between cameras it wouldn't matter because we'd be doing it one take regardless right and then so auras is going on tour again you guys are leaving in uh actually no intervals is going on intervals tour is going on tour that's Auras just cam- came back from a couple little runs we just did this yeah spring. you just did a hometown show here recently like a couple weeks not even not this past saturday the saturday before right yeah the seven yeah the 17th yeah and then so now so intervals is interesting too because auras is like like you said a progressive metal band heavy singing uh, but intervals has no singing right it's, yeah it's, it's instrumental. all instrumentals which is interesting on its own are you and they're touring like you did European tours with them? Yeah, last year we yeah. were. And they're not from around here though, right? Uh, Toronto actually. They are. Yeah. Okay. Well, the Intervals is really just one guy. It he had a couple of band members a couple of years ago, but okay. throughout uh basically through the past last album cycle, uh-huh. he had someone do drums for the album and then he brought me on the road with a couple guys from a different band that we were going on tour with from Australia. Um, that's what I that's what I heard. I heard that the band was actually from Australia, but so now it's yeah, now you're yeah, there was a lot, I think a lot of confusion happened at that point because he kind of just was going transitioning into a sort of band leader role as opposed to a band role mm-hmm. and the other members just also happened to be from different areas of the world. Um, so with this coming tour, the Australians aren't on the same tour, so it doesn't really make sense to have them play. Right. Um, so a friend of, of ours from Winnipeg is playing a guitar and there's a guy from Boston, uh, excuse me, a Berkeley uh, bass player hmm. that's, that Aaron found online. 
I was going to say, like, everything's happening on the internet now. It's yeah. insane the amount of, like, now it's, like, not like you're not limited to the players who are around you in your immediate area or the next mm-hmm. city over. With the internet, you can find guys all over. Yeah, it's a total community thing. Yeah, like, sure. even, like, I just saw Wilhelm Scream, which I know you were a little bit upset to find out that you missed the show. Yeah, I know. I was talking about it, like, literally, like, a foot from you, so I thought you... <laughs> wasn't even wasn't even registering. <laughs> but, uh, so, I went to go see them with Sean Riley, who, you right. know, obviously, yeah. you guys both know Sean really well, so... Um, and the, we were talking to Nuno, the singer, and he was telling us that, like, the one guitar player lives in Detroit. Mm-hmm. He yep. lives in Massachusetts, and so does the, the drummer. Drummer's Canadian, or the bass player's Canadian. The bass player's Canadian from Toronto, but Brian. now lives in Montreal. Oh, yeah. That's and, right. like, they're all over the place, yet they can easily communicate and figure shit out and get together to go on tour whenever the hell they feel like it. And they just meet and go on tour, and that's mm-hmm. it. And so it just, it's awesome that that can happen. So he's got these guys from Australia. But they're not going on this tour? No, because basically the guys from Australia are Pliny, who is a... He's basically the same as what Aaron is. He okay. has his own project called His Own Name, which is Pliny. Yeah. And he was going to be direct support for Intervals on our headline on the headline tour we did last year, last spring. And yeah. he came across with his bass player and drummer and guitar player. And basically what happened is we just commandeered the bass player and him mm-hmm. to also play in Intervals. Okay. Um, and then that worked out very well for the rest of the year because uh, then we went to Europe and Australia and did the same thing, um, except Aaron also did the second guitar duties for Plenty, just like Plenty was doing it for him because Plenty didn't uh, it couldn't afford as uh, it wasn't as easy to afford to bring his guitar player as well. Okay. So Aaron repaid the favor and there was only five members within two bands mm-hmm. and only the drummers were swapping. Okay. So that worked out well, get to Australia, do the same thing. And then in the fall, when I actually had to go on the t- on tour with Wilhelm Scream, they did another tour in North America and they did the same thing, but it was only four of them. So the same, so the other drummer just basically played my parts for intervals mm-hmm. and there were four guys that played two sets of completely different music back to back. Wow. So yeah. And that's they're, interesting. They're actually doing it again. He's coming back. The Australians are coming back this fall and he's got two bands before him and his members of his band, all three guys are playing in both the other bands <laughs> before. So it's almost like a, it's music, like a rotating, musical yeah. chairs of the front man kind of thing, but the music is being played. And this instrumental stuff, is it draw? Like, is it, does it have a good draw? It's like surpri- how popular surprisingly is it, it it started i don't know it's like it's a niche market yeah so well that's it, what i'm thinking right if you think like steve vai and and joe satriani right. and that whole world that that became not not uh that became like a i don't know its own genre in yeah. a sense it was guitar related music that's sure but of, everybody's heard of joe satriani and steve vai yeah, right but, so how does intervals get a following with you know, like just the way I guess every other band does. You put your stuff out and you promote it and yeah, start it's, doing a, shows. it's a little more musical related than just like look at right. this one guy playing guitar. But right. uh, there, oh, there, is a, there is a massive aspect of people yeah. following just Aaron and then being like, oh, Intervals is his band. Or, right, right. Et cetera. And so wanting to go see him. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. So you guys toured where like where was the last tour? It was a European tour, right? Yeah. And then we went to Australia at the table. Australia. Bit, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's correct. And now you guys are leaving on cross Canada tour and not that long. Yeah. We're doing uh, until the end of the month, until yeah. the end of July. 
Cool. It's only three. I think it's three weeks or something. That's awesome, man. You're like, that is, I was always been a dream of mine to tour. I've never been in a band that's toured anywhere. So, <laughs> you know, sounds, I, sounds like a lot of fun. I like, was, I was thinking about this this morning, actually. Um, there's so many little things that I'm just trying to re like mentally prepare myself for. Yeah. <clears throat> such as when you wake up, the first instinct you have is usually, you know, you got to go to the bathroom. Usually. Yep. I mean, sometimes it's worse than other times. Sure. And that's not always a luxury that you get to have when you're. Yeah. <laughs> so like you gotta you gotta you gotta make sure that you're, you know, mentally preparing yourself for traumatic incidents such <laughs> as that that may occur, even though you have you know you have like the other side of the yeah the the other side of the traveling is that you know you can enjoy hopefully the places you're in but you don't have the comfort of your you know your own. Well, home. that's it. I mean, even if you're, it's a bit of sacrifice for you know some. Uh, experiencing some awesome stuff that most people wouldn't like you've probably seen a different city each night especially like in europe the countries are so close mm-hmm. you're in a multitude of countries probably in different cities and i mean you don't have a lot of time off probably between gigs but probably enough to see a bit of the town like i'm not going to see half the places in my life that you've already seen you know so it's i can understand i'm that. not going to order afford a house <laughs> <laughs> so. well i might not be able to afford it much longer either so um but uh, yeah, so it's it's a weird sacrifice. Like I think if I ever got the opportunity to do it, I would hopefully take that opportunity to tour. But mm-hmm. it doesn't seem likely in my in my lifetime that that's going to happen. But um, with you being that's like your only job, I can imagine it starts to become almost like routine in a sense, especially if you're doing back to back tours and going. Yeah, the the good the thing that I have going for me is that I have a lot of variety. So yeah. right you know, when I come home from an intervals gig. It's a different type of tour than an Oras tour. Like the Oras tours, we travel around in a minivan that we rent. Right. And we get hotel, little hotel discounts from our guitar player who works at a Holiday Inn. Oh, okay. And so we try to hop from place That's to place. That's convenient. There's very useful ways, but we're in a tiny vehicle with all of our gear in it with no trailer kind of thing. Yeah. Like we're taking the vinyl heart to the next <laughs> level. Yeah. We pack it right in there. And there's lots of cons. It seems nuts to not have a trailer to me, like just but, to shove everything in the van. And then I'll get off that tour and then I'll jump on a bus with intervals with a massive trailer with big light rigs and wow. like weird, you know, things that are like beyond my control. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of variety going on to the point where it, it doesn't ever feel like, okay, I'm going back to the same thing. I'm going back to the, it yeah. always feels like, oh yeah, what, what's different about this type of tour? What's different when I come home? What, what you know gigs the shred have coming up what right what things do i have to prepare for in that sense so there's always a lot of things to kind of balance in that that's another question i had what are you doing to prepare for these tours like are you because you've been in these bands now and i think is it intervals that just released an album last year or was that auras uh, auras did in the fall and um just this past yes, fall yes yeah yeah in so okay so you're still touring that album then or have you yeah the cycle like we did a bunch of runs since then but the one with the protest hero and wilhelm was yeah the, was the second one we did we did we started i guess in october mm-hmm. um but i don't really know how strong the cycle was was intended to be this year mm-hmm. um but we might try to do something this fall if we have time but right. it's, a, a little, it's a little bit tough there's some timeline issues going right on. so for for those tours you're not really having to prepare a whole ton or are you like do you still go over the stuff before you leave yeah well i mean yeah it's not it's not grueling it's right. a couple days of, of, you know, making sure I know what's going on, but mainly just making sure I've, 
you know, picked up all the pieces at home yeah. that I got to do before I mm-hmm. head out and getting the right gear in order and doing all that stuff. Like right. ordering the right amount of sticks and symbols and all that. Where's your first stop? You uh, know? Quebec City. Actually. Nice. Yeah, nice and close. And then we actually come right back here. So we're playing Quebec City and then like Montreal and Ottawa. And then we're doing like St. Catharines oh, wow. and London or Toronto and then St. Catharines and London and then Waterloo. There's nice. like a day off somewhere at, in the middle Is there. it at Maxwell's? It's at Maxwell's. Cool. Yeah, on the 19th of July. Cool. I'll have Remember. to get to that show then. I'm going to have to check that out. And live. then I think like, I don't know, more like Winnipeg in a couple of days yeah. after that or something like that. Just driving for a couple of days to get to where you're going, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not really sure. I can't remember all the dates, yeah. but where can they find that stuff? Where can people find uh, it if they want to see you? What's what's the website? Andrew's uh, Facebook page for sure. Yeah. Um, the North Lane Facebook page if you're a follower of North Lane, who we're ongoing going on tour with. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's where I find them. <laughs> before, or I, I don't know, I don't want to speak at a at a school here, but was it before those bands that you were in? Uh, doing some stuff with Kim Mitchell or during or like how did that work out? Uh, I was actually in the studio with Aura's make, uh, working. We were, I think we were working guitars for our second EP when I got a phone call from how long ago would this would have been? That was 2014. I probably would, it would have been like in already doing Shred Penner stuff then. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Wow. Shred's been 2012, 2013. Yeah, it's been a while. It's yeah. It's been a handful of years now. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't seem like that long, but no, it doesn't. Time oh. just it just flies out the window. Really I don't know does. where it goes. Yeah, Aura's probably started around twenty. I think twenty ten was kind of when I started doing that, and that even doesn't feel like it was that long. Yeah, but yeah, twenty fourteen in the spring, and I played basically just a handful of shows between June and September mm-hmm. every year. Uh, and then personnel changes happened anyway. So the guy I was filling yep. in for ended up going elsewhere, and yeah, that's the end of that for me. So <laughs> like you just played basically played a handful. Yeah, of shows yeah just like a sub it. fill-in thing, yeah. you know. Like, there's a lot of working dudes that just do hundreds of sub gigs and don't stick with anything particular. Mm-hmm. So that was one of those events. Yeah. Um, switching gears a little bit. I know you as Nate, or and you're known professionally as Nathan Bula, or Bula. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Keep screwing that up. Um, but I also know you by Screwy Louie. <laughs> <laughs> so... What, There's you, so like many Rob and Matt have. call you Screwy Louie, but where did that come yeah. from? How did that come about? That would have been the tour. Like yeah, Rob all, can probably. We all had tour names. <laughs> well, uh, okay, well the, it, it was the first tour name though. It had yeah, it had some so, sort of. I was the young guy. So way way back in the day, um, I was dating this girl. We were all going out to the bar one night, and I I, I had a friend coming to pick us up to take us to the bar. I forget who it was. But she said, who's picking us up tonight? And I said, Screwy Louie. And she's like, who the hell is Screwy Louie? <laughs> and I don't even know who it was. It wasn't Nate. But for some reason, we started calling Nate that. And I think that was his that was his tour name. Yeah, it was like it was one of those just in passing, like, oh, pass the beer there, Screwy. Like just yeah. out of nowhere, Screwy. And then someone said Louie. Yeah. And, and then and it never stopped from there. So, yeah, it was funny. When we were at my mom's in Alberta on tour, my mom made us all lunch bags when we left. Thanks, Screwy. and uh so it had our lunch bags all had our names on it and then screwy said screwy on it (laughs) so and this was like brand new like yeah it was a week or two in it was uh it was very new we still we still call matt his his name sometimes what is matt's name matt's dale coors because matt was holding a coors and he's like i'm fucking dale 
Coors. I don't know. <laughs> Sounds like something I was say. I was Rodney Kraft because yeah. uh, there was Kraft peanut butter. I think I was eating peanut butter. Yeah, probably not almonds. Oh man, there's some there's some quotes from that tour. Yeah, we have a book of like funny things. That you happened. kept like a little log. Yeah, well, we had to. Book cheers, boys. Like a little cheers. Sheet. Yeah. Thanks again for being here. Yeah, yeah it was. Uh, it was definitely. So it was not something that I expected would stick. Like mm-hmm. a screw. Yeah, with well, this tour, this two and a half or three weeks that we're out here, I'm gonna hear it and that's it and like you know today rob and i were, were like dude, just at home and he's just like hey screw you do you want to yeah yeah <laughs> well that's why i had to ask talk, like, like, i've heard matt call you that a, like a number of times but the thing with matt is you never know if it's something that matt's come up with off the top of his head and he just <laughs> yeah. wants decides to call you that or if it if it's something that has some significance and then when i heard rob say that you guys are playing Catan or Catan, whatever that game yeah, is called Catan, yeah. and uh and he says uh what are you doing screw you you gonna go yeah, <laughs> screwy. What the hell? So I better ask about that. I thought about this actually the other day. Uh, I don't like you. I, I'll hear Rob say Nate once in a while, like mostly screwy, but <laughs> but like Nate in yeah. passing. I don't think Matt has said my name for <laughs> Ever, five years, yeah. five or six years. He's only yeah. said screwy. I don't think he would like saying my name at this point. Yeah. I think it's gone too far. Yeah, he's known me way longer as Screw Louis than as anyone else. <laughs> How are the Catan games games going? Uh, because I looked it up that, a lot. We're that night a lot. after I left your place and you guys were playing, I thought, you know what? I'm going to look at that thing. And I, I said, I got to see if I understand what's going on. So I popped on YouTube and, you know, there's a ton of videos. And the one guy explained it in, there was a, it was like two minutes and 53 seconds. I'm like, if this guy can explain how to, to me how to play in two minutes and 53 seconds and I can follow along, this game can't be that hard but it looks like a lot of fun so i watched it and i'm like man that looks like a lot of fun yeah and uh at first because i i hate board games i i'm not a guy that will sit down and play risk like yeah. i'd rather play russian roulette for real than play risk <laughs> like i can't stand risk so um you know and then i saw you guys play that and i thought you know fucking board games i don't want to go over there and play a board game I'm like i'll just go check it out and watch and then when i saw that you guys playing it, i'm like that looks like a lot of fun so um, you guys are still obviously doing that a lot. Like I know you started it like last we week. We played three games today already. We're clinically, did you really? No, maybe a clinically obsessed at this point. Yeah, yeah I think well, it looks like fun. I mean, yeah, I it's know. it's a good time. And I like I'm not a board game person at all. Like I, I, I mean, not that I'm against yeah. them or anything. I just doesn't. This is the only board game I've ever played at. Right, like this. And yeah, you guys are so. obviously living together. That's why you've got so much time to play this cat. Yeah. And like you can just pop, sit down. Well, I think we're trying to maximize the time we have before I leave. Yeah. Because we don't have much time left. Yeah, Bullet. he's going on tour. We're going to need a third. So, I mean, if <laughs> you want to come and hop in. you got to start learning. If I don't find a job soon, maybe I'll take you <laughs> yeah, up on that. Yeah, all right. Um, Is there a pro league? I don't know. Maybe yeah, I don't know. That would be fun. A tournament. <laughs> yeah. Sign up for a tournament? Yeah. Um, I just had something in my head that I was going to ask you guys about, and now it just fell out. Catan? <laughs> yeah. Do you still have your Ask FM account up? Oh, I saw that yeah. it ended abruptly on uh, on a que- on a question. You remember what that question was? The very last question of your Ask FM. I was just looking at it yesterday. The very last question is and like no. it's like I question answer question answer, and then it goes, "Are you a gay?" And that's it. It just <laughs> stops. That's the last question. No no response. No more questions. <laughs> so funny. I was looking at it. I'm like, what the hell? What kind of last question is that? And no response. <laughs> that's the funniest thing. I must have not seen that. I. Yeah, I forgot I even had that. Yeah. That was like a 2013 thing. It's a cool something. like thing to have. Like uh, it was a good idea. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I just because people can ask anonymous questions, and I mean, you're gonna get the stupidity like, "Are you a gay?" <laughs> you're gonna get that question. But any, anytime you you like integrate that stuff, you gotta integrate it. You gotta put that in the face. Like you gotta make it be 
make it so that you can go to someone's Facebook page and like ask them a question. Yeah. Like right. not like posting on their wall, but like an not, ask FM Yeah, not have thing. to go to another separate site altogether. And yeah, but <clears throat> I mean, there's yeah. I'm not saying they should do that. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> saying. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know a lot of people that have Ask FM accounts, but I, I think it's a great idea for people like yourself, like that have a bit of a following with the bands that you're in. Like people know you obviously as a well, drummer, there, and there's just so much stuff to to like find out. Like there's so many different things to like juggle if you're yeah. trying to follow stuff. Mm-hmm. So like if you can go to like an Ask FM, it's like basically an FAQ mm-hmm. for anything in the his, history of whatever. Right. And if only your questions are, if your questions are somewhat seldom mm-hmm. and they're all just important questions right. and not like, are you a gay? <laughs> then, <laughs> are you then, a gay? Then someone that wants to find out like what's going on or what has just recently happened can just find that information by going to your ask FM. That's yep. the goal. I was the, at least, and they the don't goal. have to log in and they don't have to remember a password. Yeah. It's just, it's yeah, not, it's, an, it's anonymous. I mean, they can put a name in if they want, but I think it's for the most part, you can just literally go and type a question. You don't have to, yeah. it's not too much thinking involved. I've actually you know? learned a lot of my favorite recording tips from my favorite recording engineers, like ask FMs, like sure. my, the producers, they, cause people will be like, what do you do for this and this? And then they'll just all of a sudden give away a secret that they wouldn't mm-hmm. put in their book or whatever. Yeah. Cause it's just a one-off question. Yeah. And like, like, aha, I have that. Well, again, the internet's a game changer. Like back in the day, there was no asking your favorite band or the singer of your favorite band or the guitarist of your favorite band, you know, any question you want, anything you can think of. And they, yeah. they may or may not answer it, you know, and most of the time they answer it. If it's something reasonable. And Twitter is like the same thing. Twitter the same way. Like Twitter was probably the first game changer that way where you could reach out to your favorites. I'll never forget. I wrote to uh, Ryan Key from Yellow Card. Mm-hmm. I just tagged him. I'm like, no way this guy's going to write back to me. And he wrote back and we actually had a back and forth of about five or six messages. Wow. And I went, this, this isn't real life. Yeah, like yeah. that guy is halfway across the world playing a show to who knows how many thousands of fans at a festival. And the next day he's, he's messaging me on Twitter. Like doesn't seem real. You know what I mean? But it's, that was the game changer. And now you can talk to anyone you can think of. You can talk to, you know, it's like the internet, it, it's unbelievable. And, and the good ones will, if you have a reasonable question, they will, they will respond and, you know, answer your question and it makes you feel good as a fan that you're not just some anonymous number. Like if you have something valid to ask them that they're going to give you a valid response and it's awesome. Yeah. So that's yeah. why I like the responses on Facebook pages and stuff from yeah. bands. Like kids, if someone's like, Hey, if they ask a valid question, not like come to Brazil. Cause it's like, okay, yeah, that's, cool. I mean, what are you going to say to that? Right. Like, but well, you know, can. yeah. Yeah. If, if it's like, Hey, I ordered, I pre-ordered something and I don't know why it's not here yet. When the band kind of goes in and go, Hey, we're looking into this. Sorry about that. Yep. That means the world. Absolutely. To that it does. It's a, it's yeah. They will pre-order everything ever always. Yep. And it's like, yeah. Cause okay, they can well. trust it and they know it's, you know, yeah. They know you're reputable. They know you care. What are you guys, uh, what are you guys doing for practice these days? Like, are you like before you leave or not even before you leave, just in general, do you practice a lot still practice? Yeah. Like, do you, do you work stuff out? Are you actually trying to come up with different things that you want to integrate into the, into the music you're playing now? I'm trying to work on my feet because I'm not like a double kick player at heart. Like you're I'm not, a, I'm a rock. I'm a pop punk guy. Uh-huh. I was, this metal band is just a, a, a like a really heavy funk band. Uh huh. That was what I viewed it as when I joined it. So I have no history playing with my left foot. So I've been trying to work on some speed stuff. But other than that, there's not really a lot of time to Mm -hmm. because it's performance always. And I think that I just try to utilize the performance aspect of everyday life to work on things. Sure. Like during, I think honestly, Shred Penner has helped me 
do so many things for my technique and my control over having to play in light venues yeah that when it comes to playing really heavy stuff i have just more delicacy and more relaxation it's just easier things just get easier okay because of the stuff that i have to play with shred yeah even though it's completely different yeah you context. can't beat the shit out of the skins because you're in a small room like the kiwi for example yeah, yeah so yeah. you have to you know yeah, it's pretty loud at the kiwi that by the end of the night so yeah, I it's think awesome it's, but i liked it i think it's, got, I think it's stadium easy. level drumming by the end of the night at the kiwi <laughs> depends yeah. on how drunk i get <laughs> and what about you rob are you like are you still practicing or are you just allowing like like kind of like nate like the performance to be your sort of chance to practice the stuff yeah i mean i think for the most part we learn a lot of our songs i think on the spot for the most part we'll, yeah. you know we'll on be stage. in the third set and someone will be like play this song we'll be like hey can we play this and we'll start and sometimes it won't go as far right. as we'd like it to go and we call that the just the tip version <laughs> and uh and then other times we get through the whole song and we're like holy wow we know that song yeah hey, we, we all, should actually like listen to that this weekend yeah put it in our list and it's happened look, so many times we all just look at each other on stage like with wide eyes like did we just do that yeah like, how did that happen there's been nights too when that? like the next day they've been like oh yeah remember when we played that song and i was like what <laughs> who sang that and they're like you did i'm like i know the words like, yeah it sounded like it like, <laughs> that happened actually three or four weeks yeah. ago i remember that specific conversation yeah oh man i know the words to that yeah oh god that's so good, yeah, though. I mean, yeah, I think, you know, lately we've been learning more stuff, yeah. but we do it all on our own. Like, obviously, Matt lives in Toronto, so we'll be like, hey, we're going to do this yeah. song. Okay, he learns it on his own. We learn it. And uh, we, we, we've we done maybe a couple little acoustic jams where just we just work go it out through a bit. it so we know where all the changes and everything are, but mm-hmm. not a lot of practice. In yeah, that, we, no, that's good. There, w- there was, I remember there was a specific day or two that we spent two or three years ago maybe it might have actually more been like four years ago we first were going away from mondo bizarro because what happened to mondo was it it was two guitars and uh a bass and drums mm-hmm. and all three of them were singing and i also was singing a little bit but not very much because there was two lead singers rob and then the other guy tyler right. but matt would do a lot of harmonies but rob would sing so many harmonies when tyler was singing and he tyler would sing harmonies while rob was singing so there was a lot of this just like constant, like there wasn't a lot of organization right. vocally, um, just stuff happening always. So when we became a three piece, there was one or two days where we sat down at Matt's apartment and I remember we worked out three part harmonies for our specific unit of three people yeah. for a, most of the stuff that we do uh-huh. now still today. And I think that was one of the most important rehearsals we ever did Yeah, because I think that that sort of, I don't know can play music and whatever, mm-hmm. but when you have three people that sing together and that yeah. make it feel like it's you know it's reminiscent of the actual song itself. That's mm-hmm. where I think we take the most pride in our music. Yeah. We don't just play the song because it's a good song. We play it and we make it feel like that song in a different yeah. element, but in the shred pen. And that's way. why, like you know, at the start of the podcast here, like that's why I said you guys are probably one of, like, uh, and I honestly believe this, probably one of the best cover bands I've seen in in Southern Ontario. Like, Thank because you. because you guys have yeah. Well, There's I mean, lots of good ones. But you may, there is, but you guys make. Uh, the songs like you said like they make them like your own you're not uh, like your singing is always your singing it's not you're not trying to like well well I mean there <laughs> there is the odd one I mean the obvious one is Shaggy well, yeah. well, you know, Rob's I mean, the man of many voices yes yeah, exactly I do, I do a few but do for the few. most part if you're covering a song you guys are making it sound like you guys it's not uh, it's not a direct um, you yeah know, copy like, yeah, yeah not yeah. a direct note for note copy yeah. like you know Matt's always got you can always tell when it's Matt playing the guitar and you know your singing is unique and so and obviously your drumming is the same way sometimes we have unintentional improvisation as well (laughs) well which is what i like to refer to that as anyway Uh, 
We won't call them wrong notes. We call them different notes. Yeah. Unintentional improvisation. But I mean, that stuff's going to happen, right? You're going to get those. That's those part of the tweaks. fun too. I think. I, I think there's even been a couple of times where we've like accidentally ended things earlier or, or differently, and we just stuck with it. Yeah, and we just always do it. That it's way. usually my fault. I'll say. It. I don't know. Well, the <laughs> other the other problem is at the beginning, I didn't know almost any of the songs these guys played, whereas mm-hmm. they'd played the songs together for so many times, yeah. for so many years. Yeah. So, I was like guessing at endings and guessing at pauses and things like that so there's some parts where i don't i've never heard the actual song in my life i just Mm -hmm. know know it it. from playing with these guys and there might not be you know a little groove in this break between these two parts or whatever but that's the way i do it and that's the way we do it and we're just doing it that way and and there's nothing wrong with that and that's like like you guys and i think uh dirty pioneers who is uh brad castron's cover band amazing cover band like and you know kind of that's that's kind of the same thing he was saying like the wedding uh, band his wedding band well they play weddings but they also play like a ton of of shows just all over the place like you know like uh shoeless joe's like like whoever will have them they're playing all the time and he was saying the same thing like as a musician as a guitar player he wants to be able to just play with whoever whenever even if he doesn't know the material like his goal is just to be able to come in and sit in on that set and be able to play with those guys and i mean i I think he's there. Obviously he's an awesome guitar player, but their cover band is the same way. Like it's their, it's their own flavor. It's all the cover songs, but it sounds like dirty pioneers. It doesn't mm-hmm. sound like some generic cover band. And I've seen some cover bands around and I won't say any names around here who are not my favorite cover bands. There was one we saw together one night, Rob recently. And I was like, Ugh, yikes, but uh, <laughs> it is what it is. And, your chemistry, I think, matters a lot. Big time. You got to yeah. care. Time. You got to care about being in the band with the people that you're in. That's the with. most important like, part. If you don't have chemistry, what do you have in a band? Yeah. It's, well, that's know? that's the best part about Shred Penner, I think. Yeah. This is like, I don't know, some bands that I've been in like kind of turned into a job. It kind of yep. not as fun. And the three of us, it's just ridiculousness mm-hmm. at all times. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's no nobody limit. cares too much. <laughs> like, we care enough to like, yeah, we want to be a good band and we want to play the songs correctly. And we do Show up most time of the time. And, do yeah. all that. and we do that most of the time, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, Remembering all our gear at the end of the night. Oh, yeah. I actually heard time. a story uh, on that podcast with Brad and Mike that made me cringe. Uh, I think a couple of years ago, I left my bass. In oh yeah, Taylor leaving uh, his guitar behind. Yeah, yeah. I left my guitar in a uh, in a parking lot in <laughs> Mississauga, oh. and it was my prized uh, Toronto Maple Leaf Fender. Was bass. Nice I had yeah. I had a it's just a Toronto Maple Leaf sticker on it, but it went perfectly. Yeah, everyone was always like, "That's perfect an awesome blue. Toronto Maple Leaf bass." <laughs> it was the perfect blue. It's like a rare bass too. Yeah. It's not a it's not an American bass or anything. No. It's it, but it's rare and it was awesome. Yeah. And, it sounded good that bass. It too. Great, yeah, yeah, it was awesome. It was a great bass. It was John Elder's bass. Originally. I remember. That was, yeah, I remember my bass. Was, I think he was as heartbroken as I was when, uh, oh, yeah. when it got lost because he kind of thought heart. selling it to me would kind of like keep, keep it, in it the around, family, yeah. you know. And uh, yeah, so I know I'm I'm looking on Kijiji every once mm-hmm. in a while for it. I'd love to get it back. Like uh, yeah, like Mike did. Yeah, that would be great if that ever happened. And I would. Uh, what an amazing I'd story pay. that is, eh? Yeah, he, it's unbelievable. He, he sells his bass after somehow hollows over. I mean, it's gone. He sold it to Long the McQuaid. It's yeah. gone. You're never going to see it again. You sell yeah. something to Long the McQuaid, forget it. You'll never, you'll, you obviously, you're probably never going to see that again ever in yeah. your life. Somehow, through this miracle of coincidences, his brother, right before they're putting the band back together to play the Kent Abbott um, um, uh, charity event that they were putting yeah. on, putting somehow Hollow back together with another different guitar player, obviously, like Brad started playing guitar again. They find the bass that Mike used all through somehow Hollow. They were like, you know, 
uh, through the recordings and everything, and he gets it back and authenticates that it's his. What are the odds that through on like Craigslist or something? Like, yeah. yeah. Holy, like my mind, when I heard that, when he did the original post a year, like years back, this is back in 2013. Yeah. When he put the original post that he found his original base or Brad found his original base for him, like, it is my that is mind blowing. The series yeah, of events that have to yeah, it doesn't you know happen what I mean. Very often, he has to look at the right time. The guy had to post it just at the right time. You know, like man, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely. hope that happens to me. I'm, I'm really hoping yeah. for that kind of a thing to happen one day because be I tough did for you love though, that base. But would you like? Did it have any significant marks? That yeah. You well, I remember? Mean, well, I mean, because <clears throat> like you'd have. I mean, to it know. had the Toronto Maple Leaf sticker on it, right? And I mean. Like I said, I put that sticker yeah. on it. I used to work for a company that made NHL hard yeah. hats. And right, I took right. one of the hard hat stickers and yeah, put it yeah. on my base. Um, you got to imagine so, somebody's peeled that off, though. Probably, you know. But yeah, at, at, at the same time, it looks like a Toronto Maple. Like it looks like a legit right. Toronto Maple Leaf base. Maybe yeah, you could yeah. get a few extra bucks right, right, for it. Right. So By I'm, I'm, it I'm on, hoping. Yeah. I'm hoping that, and there's got to be other. I feel like I just know. Yeah, yeah. We, we would know. Yeah. There's, there's markings on it. Like, yeah. We would just know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We could go back and analyze the old Facebook photos of it. And yeah. Some fuckers it. got that, eh? That's a thing. It's entirely my fault. Still. Um, I know. I know. I would never. I would never do that. But uh, like just pick up a bass. And Being a musician, you yeah, know what you stuff means to you. You know, like at the very least, go to the, go to the police station and say, hey, I found this. And if nobody... Well, I mean, it, it was outside the bar, so it I could know. have been very easy to just, but yeah. it also could have been, see, I wonder about it because we were, we were loading out in the area where all the people at the bar go yeah. to smoke, like all the staff and everything. Mm -hmm. right? So I feel like, and we found out what happened. Like I called, like, I think Sean was drumming for us that night mm -hmm. and uh, I, it was like Monday morning. I was loading the gear out of my car and I didn't have my bass. So we played there on Saturday night. So. It, it was gone for days at that point. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. And I called him and he's like, uh, no, did you, uh, did you get it? It was on the ground behind your car. And I'm like, oh, uh, no, I didn't. But, uh, mm -hmm. so anyway, it's yeah. pretty much his fault. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just said it was your fault. Entirely my fault. Yeah, I Immediately passing the blame. Yeah. No, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it was my yeah, guitar. Yeah. And it's I one of those, there. one of those things, you know, I, um, things. I know, like you, Rob, you and I have known each other for years since high school, yep. literally. And uh, you were the best man at my wedding. Like, so I, I've known you. I know your backstory on how you got playing guitar. But just for anybody that doesn't know you, can you touch on how you started playing? Because I knew you originally from playing an acoustic guitar. Was that yeah. the first guitar you had? Was an acoustic? Uh, well, the first the first time I ever learned how to play guitar, I learned on my dad's guitars. Um, oh yeah, okay. Which were acoustics. He had a Takamini or something, didn't he? He did. Yeah. Yeah. That guitar went missing too, and that's another horrible story. I know but that anyway, story too. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, I just, uh, I don't know. Like, uh, you know, my stepdad plays guitar, my dad plays guitar, my uncle plays guitar, my papa played guitar. Yeah, guitar was all around me growing up, and I had all these people. Hey, do you want to learn how to play guitar? And I was always like, No, no, no. I had my little keyboard, and mm -hmm. I would just play my little keyboard melodies, like. <laughs> <laughs> and like uh, one of those little Casio ones. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I had a few Casios actually. <laughs> um, yeah. And then I think it was honestly uh Wonderwall, which is funny because now that's become a cliche bar song and yeah. whatever, but I heard the way that acoustic guitar sounded and I just thought I have to be yeah. able to do that. And then, uh, you know, a friend of mine at the time who could play was like, well, you need a capo and you need this. And I'm like, of course the one I didn't know what that was right. at that point. And 
I think we ended up like tying a pencil to the guitar to make our own capo. And anyway, awesome. I, I, I had a, my dad had a Beatles book and it had all the chords in it. I looked at what chords I needed to learn and I learned the chords that way. And then, yeah, that's how it started for me on the guitar anyways. Yeah. It's so yeah. funny you say that. Cause like that is exactly what made me want to play guitar too. Like the same kind of situation, like where you hear something yeah. and then you're like, I have to do that. And it was my uncle and he had this uh, like 19, like 88 Toyota MR2, like a little sporty car and uh, bought it brand new. So it must've been, you know, 1989, maybe I would have been six or seven years old at the time. Yeah. He gets in and he's like, uh, have you heard Guns N' Roses yet? And I'm like seven. Yeah. I'm like, uh, no, what's, what's Guns N' Roses? No idea. Yeah. He puts in the tape in the deck and just welcome to the jungle starts up and he hits the gas and we take off and I'm pinned to the seat and I'm like right at that moment I swear to God it was like a lightning bolt I'm like yeah. I have to learn to play whatever instrument is making that yeah. noise and then he used <laughs> to awesome. shred in front of me he had like a Kramer and like used to like always oh, like shred yeah. you know 80s stuff and uh, and then so just funny that you can hear something and everyone kind of has a story like that you hear, you've heard something and you want to replicate it in some way mm-hmm. what about uh, you Nate for drums like how did you get into playing drums I know your dad is a fairly musical guy right <clears throat> yeah I mean everything really stemmed from from my dad's like history and love of music I mean I I grew up and my my dad had a th- like a collection of over a thousand jewel case CDs which were just released years before like not no one should have a thousand of them yet yeah you know? like he yeah. loved music he's a music lover that much where, yeah and his band would come and they would play oh that's what's going there you on. go <laughs> i was waiting ba- for you to notice his band, spot. <laughs> see i'm not a vocalist <laughs> just go like this i'm not a vocal there we go you're a vocalist the come on i know I, I usually don't have a windscreen involved uh so yeah his band would come and they would always play in the in the living room they'd practice for occasions once in a while they wouldn't yeah. even play that often but you know a handful of times a year and what kind of a band like um it was like a christian rock band with the, they play with this guy who was a priest and and he like wrote these songs and like yeah it was the paul bulla band with that hmm. with that guy okay uh and so yeah i the, the basically i would just come i would come downstairs i'd be in like my pajamas i was three years old and i would come down to the living room and i would just sit down there on the couch and stare at the drummer like stare yeah. him down basically just like fascinated by i guess the drums i don't know i i mm-hmm. never it never even occurred to me why it was sick it was just and always you always sick. had the inclination to want to play the drums like you did you always you there never was, gravitated toward guitar there was no other my parents were like you got to take piano and i'm like okay fine yeah. And then it happened for a couple of years and I was like, All right, yeah, because your old man I'm plays piano too, right? Yeah. And I'm very glad I, I took those. Absolutely, lessons. man. It's like it's and I wish I continued like everyone else that says. But, yeah. you know, at, I was like 12 and I was like, all right, you know what? You you like you clearly know that I'm, you know, destined to be playing drums because all I've wanted is a kid. Since I was like four, five, yeah. and I even got like a little toy kit from my grandparents, and I was three mm-hmm. or four, I think. So it never happened until I was twelve. But I was basically like, you know, gearing up for it my entire childhood, ready to play drums, mm-hmm. and you know, had little various things. Ta- I'm sure I was talking about the about the you know just drums in general for yeah my entire childhood, and people would just get sick of it. <laughs> then they got me a kit until somebody finally bought you a drum up. kit. Yeah. yeah. My parents, you know, and that would have been so. How you said you were like three or four when you first started seeing that, but when did you finally get a kit? I was twelve. It was uh, April the twelfth, two thousand. And you remember the day? Uh, yes, I remember the day. 
Or sorry, April 14th, 2002. Wow. Uh, yeah. Um, and I, in three months after we set the kid up for the first time in the back shed, I was like playing for a bit. And I remember I had to like stop. I would just like, I was overwhelmed and I was like, this is it. This is, I don't like, I like hockey. It was mm-hmm. fun. I was playing hockey at the time. I was playing soccer. I was doing different things. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, no, this is, this is it. This is all I need to do. Yeah. And so that's it. That was the, that's like the, I don't know, the eureka moment that just kind of happened. Sure. It only, yeah, three months after getting the first kid ever. That's all, that's all it took. And then how long before you like found dudes to play with? Because a drummer, a guitar, you can kind of get away with just, you know, figuring shit out by yourself for a long time. But with it as a drummer, I would imagine you'd probably want guys to jam with at some point. Uh, yeah, I got in a band pretty quickly. Um, my dad's bass player slash longtime friend from university, I think, mm-hmm. uh, his, uh, his son played bass and he was in a punk band and they were looking for a new drummer. They were in high school. And so I went to their high school. And so I was in grade nine. They were already in grade 11. Okay. But I knew I'd known Dave for my entire life. Is this Benny's? Um, you went to Benny's, right? To Benny's. That's how you know my cousin. My cousin Brianne Oliveira knows you. Oh, yeah, yeah, she, yeah. I, yeah. I, I saw randomly, like when we made friends, I like mutual friends, and I click on it, and I expected to see Rob and whoever else on there. And then it's I always that one yeah. connection. Yeah, and I'm like, what the, how does she know him? So I, I messaged her, and she's like, oh, I went to high school with him. And I'm like, yeah. wow, small, small That's world. That's funny, yeah, Bree. That's funny. Mm-hmm. All right, that makes more sense. Yeah. <laughs> so you're in high school, you're playing in this punk band. What kind yeah. of a punk band? It was like a pop punk band. We did a lot of uh, Taking Back Sunday Blink uh-huh. covers, but then our own stuff. It was so it was originally called uh, the Vaz Deference. <laughs> and it's almost as good as the Victory State. If, if you're out <laughs> there and you don't know what the Vaz, <laughs> you don't know what the Vaz Deference wow. are, it's a medical term. And uh, yeah, my guitar player. Sure you can Google it. He heard, yeah, he heard it in in, in health class grade nine. He was like, "That's a great band name." Yeah. So we just stuck with it. And then we actually ended up changing our name because my dad was like, "If you guys ever want to be taken seriously, <laughs> you know." Uh, hey so son, we, what's we, your band name? Oh yeah, we're called Tuffins. <laughs> See, I, it was Maybe funny because I, I didn't, I didn't care. I, I didn't even know. I didn't, I didn't listen to lyrics when I listened to music. Yeah. So like when I listened to anything that was you know vulgar. It, I was just listening to the drums. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit. I was like, who cares what they're talking about? They're talking if they're talking about something completely like yeah, like I don't know, just terrible things. I would have no idea. I was completely oblivious to that right. stuff. Just like I was oblivious to the fact that calling your your band that would be weird to anyone. Like, who cares? Yeah, like, whatever. It's not weird in punk though. I mean, there's a there's yeah. been a lot that was worse the point, in punk I think, for God's yeah. sakes. I mean, that was the whole point. You know, yeah. even to this day, there's still some bands where I shake my head and I'm like what great the big f- C section, great big C section. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's yeah. a cover band though, right? Uh, it was. I don't even think it was a real band. I think it was like they practiced twice. But the oh. best thing about that band was the name. Yeah, actually, absolutely. it was a really good band. It was you know there was what a, was that band? Why was, am I? Uh, why do I know that? I, I feel think, so. I think Matt played bass Sean played drums and Ryan played guitar okay I believe it was like a hey let's all play a different instrument mm-hmm. and see what happens right right it's a pretty good name I guess yeah. Sean it was a decent name there was a yeah. there was a band I don't know why this came up right when you said that it's a band that uh, I think it was on the uh, an Oras tour a couple years ago and I feel like it was Kansas City if I remember correctly 
the opening band was called David ha- David Hasselhoff on Acid, <laughs> and they were like an, an original band, like an original crazy progressive metal band. They were actually really good, but that, yeah, David that's Hasselhoff. a name that will get you some attention though. And Do you think did somebody was like, "Hey, you guys are like David Hasselhoff on Acid." I honestly like, think that name. was how they got it. That might have been it. Holy shit! Some kind of story, but yeah. So yeah, punk roots completely. Yeah. And then I was in a pop punk band, and I was on disband with my my second pop punk yeah, band and yeah. it was just like a matter of, of of I think I saw a little bit of that on YouTube recently even oh god I think I think if it's resurfacing it can't be good well I googled you because I was you, you doing made some it, research man. you made for the this. cut it's, it's all good <laughs> yeah yeah well I was yeah, doing some research how, for this thing and I, I come across one. all this stuff and I had forgotten that you had been on disband Rob had told me that I forget then, very often <laughs> <laughs> well it's still cool you're still it on was, TV you got some exposure it was, bla- right? it was a blast I remember that yeah. being a lot of fun but yeah it was uh, <clears throat> and that was Chasing Amy right that was yeah, that. yeah. that's correct um, it, yeah it was a, that was an interesting one because we had never played a show yet still what yeah before you played a show you went on disband yeah holy cow yeah it was, did you have stuff recorded already before you did that then uh, not really so how did you end up on that show I don't did somebody just write in and say, know. "Hey, our band it's, wants to be on this band"? For 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 as little like we didn't have recordings and we didn't have really anything, but we were still really active. Mm-hmm. We were still really like everyone in high school knew who we were. We made mm-hmm. sure of that. We put stickers everywhere. Yep. We probably played a song or two at a pep rally, things like that. Mm-hmm. So it kind of started that way, and then my guitar player uh, Ryan, at the time, started doing an internship. I think for Much Music. At the same time as he kind of applied us for it. Okay. And I feel like someone in much was like, oh, we should get this intern. We should totally put him on the show, get him humiliated and whatever. Yeah. Like, I just thought that. <laughs> just to mess with him a little bit. Because a lot of the bands would get on there and they'd just get destroyed because they would be like ill-prepared and whatever. But we, yeah. we, you know, we were just worried about playing tight and writing poppy, catchy songs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we knew that the business was tough and we knew that it you needed a like pretty boy aspect to it. So we tried to. Mm-hmm. have a bit of like an 80s like slat like old sorry like a retro style right like an 80s style but you know modernized with that, with that early 2000s pop punk yeah. vibe to it that was mm-hmm. 2007 so okay you know, and how long that did that like, band go then like when did when did that band sort uh, of was disband? a hand, handful of years that would have been <laughs> that would have been uh, <laughs> nice i didn't mean to do that it that just kind of came yeah, out yeah right <laughs> 2008 2009 like it was a couple of years after that yeah i think i might have been Maybe, yeah, 09. And then for a year or so, I played pretty much purely hip-hop and with DJs and clubs. Really? Yeah. <laughs> live, want, like I, live drums? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So I, I wanted to get... I wanted to play cover stuff. Like, yeah. I didn't know these guys yet. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd, I'd met you guys. To, uh, so it must have, I must have met you guys, because if I left that band in 2009, I must have, like, been... Or maybe it might have been 2010 when I left the band. Because it wasn't too long. That sounds about right, time <laughs> timing wise. I forget when the tour was. I mean, two thousand eleven. So I was playing the hip hop stuff when I knew you guys at the time. I had just played. I remember when we played night when you guys played Niagara Falls. I had just played there with the hip hop guy months before. He's actually from Cambridge. Oh, um, Dylan James, his name is. Um, anyway, so uh, yeah, that was kind of just me trying to remove myself from that and not mm-hmm. wanting to be in a band. Mm-hmm. And I worked at a job, and then my my longtime family friend Aaron called me up and was like I'm doing a kind of weird funky metal thing like such and such bands and I was like I just recently heard that band and they are kind of like heavy funk I like that Mm -hmm. and I was like I'll jam and then that's here's where I am now you know yeah that's it nice um 
What was I going to... I just had a question that I was going to ask one of you, and I can't remember what it is again. See how I lose my train of thought? I get so wrapped up in these stories, I forget that I have to actually do like work while I'm doing this. Yeah, it's all good. I think that's what makes it good. Yeah. It's just um, free-flowing conversation and free-flowing beer. You were out west to visit your mom, right, recently? I was, yes. What's uh, And again, I've never been out west. What, what was it like out there? Like, I know... It seems like a different way of life. Out it there. is 100% a different way of yeah. life. Um, Brooks, Alberta. Brooks, Alberta is, is, a, is a, it's a, I, you know what? It's, you know, I can have fun anywhere. Yeah. And it, it's a pretty fun place. We had a great week. We, we had a great there, time. The three of us. Like, mm-hmm. Well, I guess five of us. Yeah. <laughs> well, six of us. My mom <laughs> came to the bar with us most of the time too. The bar? The bar. The zoo? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's different. It's slower. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had like this sweet rental car that had some nice power to it. Yeah, it's you an were upgrade me. from my Chevy Cobalt, and mm-hmm. I get into Brooks, and people are doing like thirty, <laughs> and I'm, I just wanted to go. And They're just relaxed. Yeah, <laughs> and I remember like coasting through the school zone, and I was doing forty, and I was and I felt like I was going so slow, and uh, my my stepdad Steve is like, "Hey, you want to watch the speed here? It's a, it's a school zone. It's a 30. I'm like, "A thirty? <laughs> when is a school zone a 30? Like, but yeah, it's it it is a it's a very different place. It's, yeah. Uh, when I when I moved out there, actually, I lived out there for a little while. No, I didn't last very long out there. It wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. But uh, I kept when I talked to all the people, like my new friends I made and stuff. I'd be like, oh, back when I used to live in Canada, I always, even though it's Canada, I would just it seemed like <laughs> such a different place that I yeah. I couldn't get my head around that. But yeah. Br- Brooks is the first place that I've ever been where if you're just like walking down the street and you kind of sort of like make an impression like you're maybe thinking of potentially crossing the street, every single car stops. Yeah. Every car is like, nope, go ahead. Yeah. You it, know, it was wild. You, know, you stop and put your hand out. Like yeah. it's, it, they'll, they'll slam on their brakes. Yeah. And it's stop. crazy. Like, do you know where else it's like that too? And it's really weird that you should say that they do that in, uh, toward, in, what, in the know, West. Yeah. In the West. The West yeah. it's they do thing. it in the East too. Oh yeah. Like we were, we went to visit Allison's friend, uh, my wife's friend who lives out or who lived out there at the time with her, with her boyfriend, now husband. And there was people playing hacky sack and a car was coming and I went, Oh, and like, I, I thought for a second, the car was like going to be angry and, and he just doot doot, gave him a little toot, stopped, yeah. gave, like gave them a minute to collect their crap and get off the road. And then he just drove by and waved and I'm going, where, where we live, we're doing it wrong. Like, you know what I mean? 100%. Like, well, I mean, it's just a different way of life. It is. It's, it's yeah. just There's different. no, the pace is just totally yeah, different. Yeah, totally. And nobody's really in a hurry out there. And even if, like, I drove, um, so it's two hours from the airport to where my mom lives in Brooks. Yeah. It's not like driving on the highway here. Mm-mm. There are no cars on the road. No. There's less people. Um yeah, and yeah. I mean, the 401 is an animal all its own. I mean, it's oh, yeah. you know, yeah, especially we're, in Cambridge. We're, yeah, we're familiar. Yeah, um, you were you're playing weddings now too. Yeah, was that just you though, or was that Shred Pender? No, that, that was Shred our Pender. that was our band. Uh, Nate was actually that was the day Nate had his show here, in, right. uh, in mm-hmm. Hespler. So my uncle filled in on okay. the drums for that show, right. which he does a lot. My uncle Glenn right. Hughes. Uh, we're actually really fortunate to mm-hmm. have Nate as our main drummer and then have my uncle fill in whenever he can. And yeah, then, uh, yeah that, that's, yeah. and we also Sean, like he hasn't filled in for us too much, Sean lately, Riley, but yeah. like the fact that we have three drummers like that, that we can just have is like, yeah, we're spoiled. Like, well, I mean like there's great. nothing better than being able to just go, Oh crap, we need a drummer and be able to not cancel a show and call the next guy and know that he's going to be just as good or yeah. be able to perform as well as, you know, 
as you need them to at the show without any kind of preparation. Just yeah, come on out. The, the reaction sometimes too, like, oh yeah, we're, we're going to play, but uh, my uncle's going to play drums. And they're like, oh, uh, your uncle's going to play drums. Yeah. It's like, it's like, no, you don't, don't, you worry. don't get it. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's, don't worry. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You don't I mean, get it. He's, he's good. He's great. And he then sings too. And, uh, and he played guitar for us a couple of Yeah. Like, he like he does everything. Mm-hmm. does everything. He's, he's a all around musician. He's yeah. solid. It's great. The, uh, I don't know if you guys like knew it. I didn't know it. The punk scene is not dead as I thought it was. It's not. There it, are a lot of punk bands around. And this, like this Wilhelm scream show that I just went to, prove that in you know in spades like it was that show was nuts there mm-hmm. was a f- the f- it was have you ever been to the district club it's called district yeah, yeah in guelph yeah yeah we so, played there so that floor when wilhelm played it was fine the whole time the other bands were playing the people were just standing there some people were you know half moshing whatever but sean and i went to the front sean's like oh let's uh let's go up to the front there won't be any moshing i haven't seen anybody mosh <laughs> Wilhelm starts playing and the floor literally was moving beneath our feet. Like yeah. we thought we were going to fall through. It started to make Sean paranoid. Sean's like, I don't, I don't like that. And I'm like, don't worry, man. It's fine. It's not going to fall apart. And I, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, this fucking place might fall apart. <laughs> like it was moving that much. Those and, are the best shows. And I just, I couldn't believe the response they got. That place was not, I'm going to say it was packed, but it was full and full of kids that are way younger than me like I'm not a kid anymore I'm 35 now but there were kids there like they had to be 18 19 or mm-hmm. just 19 years old maybe yeah um into Wilhelm scream like and then like Frank Dukes who is Scott Rebello's band who I've been talking to lately actually I want to get them on here very soon um he's been telling me that like the punk scene is is alive and well they want to do here's li- listen to this Rob so they're, they're his band's called Frank Dukes they want to do a three song uh sorry a three band split album so his band and two others. Oh wow! They but it's all they want to do covers. So each band will do three songs. One of the songs might be a one point loss song. Wow! According oh to him. Oh my god! And then he was in my ear and Sean's ear because he knew that I had you know quasi played with you guys yeah. in one point loss, and he knew Sean is the drummer from Curious Ryan in one point loss, and really pushing us to get the band back together or put try to put the band back together in some fashion because they're going to start putting on Scout House shows again so i have a i have a story yeah he was scout just saying hut. this i saw that scout and hut I, or scout house scout scout i don't scout know if hut. i ever saw hut. Scout hut. Hut. yeah i don't know yeah. if i've ever seen a show there. so that's kind of i mean looking back on all the different shows i played and i played a ton of different shows i played yeah. in front of thousands of people mm-hmm. all over canada obviously mm-hmm. and uh that place really was one of my best moments ever playing because we were curious ryan um we recorded that CD. I think you probably remember the like nine yep. song CD. Mm-hmm. And we had, uh, we were just out of high school. John Elder was still in high school. Mm-hmm. And I remember burning like a hundred CDs, like a whole spindle. Yep. We had little paper sleeves and he just handed these CDs out to kids in the high school. Mm-hmm. So I remember showing up. It was our, actually our second ever show. Our first show was a week before we recorded. Mm-hmm. And then our second show was a week after we recorded. Okay. So, um, not even a week before I was in the studio, like writing lyrics, singing these lyrics, putting it down. And uh, we show up at the show at the scout hut. It was packed. And there was another band that had kind of a semi following. And I'm like, Oh, well everyone's here to see them kind of thing, like mm-hmm. whatever. So sure enough, they played right before us and everybody left. Everybody left the room. Yeah. And we were like, Oh, we were so bummed out. It was so packed. We were ready to rock all these people. And then, mm-hmm. so I remember Sean telling me, he's like, well, 
He's like, there's got to be some people here that came because they got our record. Like, let's uh, just go make an announcement and see what happens. So I grabbed the mic and probably put on some obnoxious voice and made an <laughs> announcement that Curious Ryan was going to take the stage. And everyone was just outside and they all came back in oh, nice. and filled it up and right to the front. And I remember uh, going to sing the first line of the song and out of the corner of my eye, seeing somebody like somebody's mouth moving. And I was like, no way. Like... And then I look down and there's like three kids in the front row singing every word. And I, awesome. I barely knew these lyrics. Like I wrote these lyrics. Like some of them I just, that rhymes with this. All right. That's the line. Like it wasn't much thought. Mm, like a week ago. Then, yeah. And I <laughs> barely knew the ago. lyrics mm -hmm. and all these kids were singing and like we'd hit a chorus and like everyone would sing the yeah. chorus. And uh, that was instant. That was literally our second show it was the first band I was mm -hmm. ever in. And it was like instant uh well star I, status I mean I know Cambridge. from playing those songs that they are they're catchy I mean if if like my wife who I mean God bless her she's not the most music savvy person if she can listen to that and instantly like it and just like and know that it's it's rock music she's typically more like pop you know yeah. top 40 type stuff but yeah. if she can listen to it and it's a it's a band that's completely unsigned and nobody really knows them other than local people if she can listen to that and like it there's something to it like yeah. and oh, and you. that band i mean i liked playing that band and i would love to see some kind of um resurgence of that band just even if it was for one last show i would uh, i'd be down <clears throat> for doing that sean is sean was a, is all about it too like he he really i mean i don't know if he really wants to still <laughs> but at the time he really wanted I remember we tried yeah we tried to put that back together to do one show and he was going to record it so that we could have all those songs recorded live and it just never it just Good old rusty after rusty yeah yeah oh yeah 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 rusty if, if you're out there we uh we love you buddy it's always a special spot you weren't the right you weren't the right rusty. guy yeah sean is sean's the drummer for that band i mean like it has well, we actually play uh we actually play some one point oh nice oh nice and uh doesn't change one point loss yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Curious Ryan. We won Curious right. Ryan's song, won one point loss song. Nice. So we play that one popular play demand, Kiwi, obviously, Always. because it gets requested. Yeah. Which is awesome. And uh, yeah, I had no I idea. I played that with you guys once down there. You did, actually. And yeah. Sean sat in. But who was playing drums at the time? Were you playing drums at that time? Uh, maybe. I think yeah, so. Yeah, you must have. I think you were. Must have been. Yeah, you were. 100%. And Schwendy was still in the band because I bored his guitar. And oh, way back. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Did, did he play the Kiwi with us? Was yep. that with the Kiwi? Mm -hmm. Okay. I bored his telly in That was way back. And he showed me where the the uh, I actually remember the this. distortion pedal was like I didn't know. Like, yeah, well, I remember. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. insane. <laughs> wow. But uh, but yeah, I mean, people they like that stuff. It's catchy. It's easy to listen to. It's got choruses that have hooks in them. You know, like a lot of punk music or even even pop punk, like the pop quote unquote pop punk that was around here. It didn't really have uh, so much hooks. Like the songs were catchy and you could, you could listen to them. But like one point loss had a lot of hooks, you know, like especially the three song demo when that yeah. came out, like that had great songs. I on think it. our big thing, and it's kind of always been my thing, whatever band I've been in was the harmonies. Like mm -hmm. we had three singers then, you know, um, we had three singers in Vinyl Heart, Tyler yeah. Schwenny Band. And we three, we three swingers, swingers, <laughs> three swingers. <laughs> That's another story. We got three that's swingers the, now. Uh, X-rated <laughs> podcast. Uh, yeah, so that's always been the thing, and I think that adds another element to it. That makes it a little more catchy. Like even a yeah. simple melody with a little harmony line on it just makes it yeah that much more catchy. So it does, I think yeah. that helped us out a lot. Are you and Matt still working on that original stuff? That the, the yeah, new actually, music? Uh, Nate is involved yeah, with yeah, us yeah, as yeah. well. Oh, nice. So we have Matt I'm, and I've been writing songs. We've never really stopped. We have a bunch of songs. Yeah. That we, that we have that are pretty decent, I think, and uh, mm -hmm. 
I'm sort of mediating, producing. Well, okay. He, yeah, he's 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 gonna drum. He's gonna record it. Produce well, you got it. the studio in the basement mm-hmm. too, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, comes in handy. Actually, the absolutely the, the last couple times we did tracks, we sort of just did it experimentally. Mm-hmm. Like we didn't very, really do. Yeah, we didn't. In fact, the one night, <laughs> here's a little, here's a little yeah. story. Uh, very shred we, uh, yeah, we, uh, we were working on a track that Rob and Matt had written like probably a couple months before that you kept kind of playing little parts here yeah. and there. Mm-hmm. Matt kept playing it. Rob kept singing it. We're like, screw it. Let's just record this song. Matt, bring your stuff. Come to, come to my place early. Actually, my parents went out of town for like a week and mm-hmm. they have a big kitchen and I was like, oh, it'd be cool to record stuff and like vocals or something. Yeah. So we had a show, we had a show right up the hill from their house, which is at the Finn McCool's and Kitchener. Okay. Like, yeah. I think, yeah. I think we were in Mississauga that night. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Was sorry. Mississauga. There was, there was back to back. We had Mississauga and then the, the following. No, 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 no. We, gotta we, go back we drove home from Mississauga. Cause I remember being on the highway being like, I know I'm drunk, know, but, but I'm going to record you're, those you're, vocals. Ru- <laughs> you're rushing this too quickly. Okay. All right. <laughs> so Friday we played at the Finn McCool's okay. right up the hill. Yeah. And so I was like, Matt, bring all your stuff. We'll stay at my, we'll go to my parents all day, record all day, go play the show, whatever. We recorded guitars all day. I already had, I programmed some bass guitars and drum, like just rough stuff just okay. in there. And I think even like a string part or something like that, oh, just yeah. because we had a guitar idea and Matt just recorded a bunch of guitars that day. And we even came home from the gig that night. And I think he recorded some other part, like a solo. I think he did mm-hmm. a solo that night when he was just plastered. That's when like he does we, his best work. Yeah. And honest to God, like he was just <laughs> ripping out stuff really well. So the whole thing goes well. And we're like talking about, you know, we're going to play the next night and then it's going to be the end of the weekend. When are we going to do vocals? Like a couple weeks from now? I don't know. I was like, my voice is going to be dead. Yeah. We've been playing. Shows. Yeah, exactly. And it, and it was Mississauga. So, yeah. and I, so I drove home from the show in Mississauga and it, w- it was only like 45, 50 minutes and my parents were off the highway. So it was kind of justifiably early when we got, like, it was like an early enough time. I, mean, I where, think, I think it did touch four o'clock at one point when we were recording. For photos. sure. But to but start it, off, to yeah, start it was, off, it was relatively It wasn't early. like we were getting home at two in the yeah. morning like we usually right. do. So we're and Rob was just sitting there and he was like. He was drunk in the passenger seat and I'm just like mm-hmm. waiting. I'm going, I'm driving and I'm thinking, man, like all I want to do is drink a beer. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, how can I get to get Rob to stay up? And he's like, I can, <laughs> I know I can sing this. I'm like, all right, well, we may as well try. And you know, if you don't feel like your voice is going to burn out, that's fine. We mm-hmm. tried a couple passes. Most of the things we just kept taking the first take because it was just the most emotional, yep. like, like draw, like raw drawn power that Rob just he was just in the mood he was just yeah. like i want to fucking kill it and we we're in this open nice big room and i just i'm just gonna ah and then he did it and we haven't had to redo any parts and yeah. everything was just great everything worked it's out amazing well. how often you hear that like how often people just say well that song was recorded in five minutes and you're like bullshit that song the was recorded songs, in five minutes the best songs come together like i know that. just I know, yeah yeah and i never used to believe it until i until i saw it you know like yeah. I, i've seen it firsthand it's like if it's super yeah. easy it's usually just uh yeah i don't know that's when it's the best like mm-hmm. there's another song that we have that we're going to be putting on this record whenever we make it mm-hmm. um Matt had this riff from way back in the day and I remember it and I just remember that riff and I kind of sounded it out to him with my mouth. He's like, oh yeah, and he started playing it and then I just started strumming chords and I started singing this melody and we had the chorus and we had the verse melody and so I'm like, just keep playing it, whatever. He was screwing with the levels. He was, we were going to record it on his mm-hmm. little uh, I, iMac, I think. Yep. His iPad? It was an iMac. Oh, oh yeah. 
right? Oh, I think, uh, more, I think it meant more recently. Was, he, oh, the MacBook. MacBook. That's yeah, what yeah, it was. Yeah. 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 So, because he records so he GarageBand was, on his iPad. Yeah. It's yeah, awesome. Yeah. He's got a lot of good stuff on there. Uh, yeah. So he went, he was in like getting the levels mm-hmm. and I went in and I scribbled out lyrics and I just wrote them super fast. We came back and we we're like, oh, well, let's just record it and see how it sounds. And we recorded it and it was just like, I don't know. I thought it was a magic right away. Like this is not like, 1994 anymore. Yeah, like, <laughs> you can make him like pretty good recordings. I remember. Oh yeah, I remember struggling away with that old four track, the old Fostex, mm-hmm. and uh, this was just it came. And it's funny because he had this uh, Australian roommate uh, that yeah, you know, I guess we all loved and we all hated a little bit. Um, <laughs> And she was pissed off that we were like making noise. We were like, whatever. It's the middle of the afternoon. Yeah. So in the middle of this recording, you can hear the door slam (laughs) and it's just like, I don't know. I think it's perfect. There's always this, like, there's always something that gets picked up on the recording. Like, uh, you remember at the, it's so funny that you say that because that sound right there is in, well, that's, that's uh, a good sound. That's in, that's in the song that we recorded like drunkenly (laughs) that night. Um, and yeah, like we were drinking beers and I cracked the beer and I'm like, we should put that in the song. (laughs) And we did. And it it worked out so well. I found this old CD, uh, cause I've been going through like that. Those two Brown things underneath the TV are full of CDs. And so I've been going through them since Mike and Brad were here. Just, you know, made me think about all those old punk days. I've been getting all these CDs out. I find the CD and it's called, it's called Daryl's getting mo jiggy volume two. Wow. And, uh, I, I take it out to my car today. <laughs> I take it out to my car today and I put it in and it's got, it's got a mace track on it and it's oh, got wow. a couple of naughty by nature tracks on it. And then, uh, one point loss comes on and it's got the, uh, it's the one it's changed. And at the very end of change, you hear Sean, his sticks go, Oh and no. He goes, oh no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And now here we are talking yeah. about door slamming and beers popping. It's yeah. so, it's so funny how often that happens, but and it works. We always like we I, every like we've always wanted to leave that stuff in and I think mm-hmm. it's the same with Nate. Like we've we decided I think after we did that that every song that we record on this record that we're going to make is going to have some sort of a beer sound effect. Right? Yeah, yeah. Because either us like, like drop like breaking a beer gl- beer yeah. bottle or, or like opening we'll, a beer we'll put bottle put that on a cymbal well. hit or something and like it'll sound like yeah. Stone Cold. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all, all kinds yeah, of we're going to, we, we, we got, mm. the song ideas aren't all there, but all the beer sound effect <laughs> ideas are there. We, we have them all down. We're gonna well, have to, we're gonna have to get a keg and slam it with a sledgehammer or something. Yeah, yeah. That would be, that'll cool, be like actually. the cowbell. We'll do like, yeah. like a oh, cowbell yeah. bridge with a beer keg. It'd <laughs> <laughs> be amazing. What um, being on tour with Auras and and uh, Intervals? What's like? Do you see any crazy shit in those countries you go into? Like, what's the craziest thing you've ever seen uh, in, like, overseas? You know, um, or here? I don't know. What's don't the craziest know. thing I mean, you've ever seen? The thing is, like, it, the world of playing progressive music yeah. is <clears throat> kind of a tame one. Yeah. It's kind of a, you, you have to, you have to be sober on stage. Mm-hmm. Almost everyone has to be, like, maybe I a beer never, deep. I was going to say, yeah, I, I was just me. thinking you couldn't be more wrong no, with that yeah. And it's, and it's funny because, like, when, when you're playing such, like, I guess just note demanding or, yeah. or complex uh, stuff as a lead guitar player or a drummer, especially yeah. for me, you can't really go too crazy. So right. I think there's a lot of uh, misconception. Like there's the whole like you know groupy questions and all that yeah. stuff. And yeah. when you play metal, you're playing for essentially playing for. Well, it's sort of like being 
Carl Sagan yeah. and being like, you're going around and you're and you're giving talks to people and everyone that you're giving talks to are people that are just want to hear what you're talking about and think about how they would apply it to their own world. Right. And they're not they're not looking at you like you're, you know, some sort of uh, like cyborg mm-hmm. type of musician. They're looking at you like, you know, you're a like minded individual like them. So sure. most of the time you're playing two people that understand what you're doing mm-hmm. And are actually there to witness you just do what you do. Yeah, and it's 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 a lot less rock and roll than a lot. Well, of that's why I'm asking because especially like the metal band, I guess it's more of like a progressive metal band, so it's not quite mm-hmm. like your excuse me, like your typical. It's not like you know, your Norwegian black metal either, right, where you're right. gonna get weird. Yeah, so there's yeah. none of that weird stuff. It's all just a whole bunch of video game nerds that like listening to yeah. specifically complex. Yeah, and whatever, and that is complex stuff. I was listening to a little bit of it, like just again, like doing my research before you guys come on here, mm-hmm. right? Just trying to remember all the stuff about Rob and like what he was, what he was into um, back in the day, and all the different bands like we've been in. Um, but then, like finding the stuff on you as well, and listening to those to the stuff that's online, and watching the playthrough videos and uh, all that stuff, because you got a YouTube channel where you do all the playthroughs, right? Yeah, want to tell people about that? Well, it's been a while since I posted on the YouTube channel. Has it? Um, because th- this playthrough that got released today got, um, I think, uploaded to Gear God's channel, yep. or maybe it's our label. I'm not sure, or or it's our own band's label, like uh, our own band's YouTube page. Yeah. But there's not really a lot of potential for me to spread that stuff on my own, right? Like avenues. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean. I think the the thing that's funny about the crazy stuff that happens is that it usually is just a matter of it's usually intercamp. Mm-hmm. You know, it's usually because there's 15 of us in a double decker bus going through Europe for six weeks, and one random night there's like just there just happens to be a bit of a crazy party happening in like one of the lounges or something. Yeah, and you're up until seven in the morning and like. You right. Know, yeah. I don't know. You wake up and there's video footage. That's one of the craziest. <laughs> but it's sort of like a regular party that Story would happen in your head. <laughs> yeah. It's a regular like house party. It just yeah. happens that you're not in a house. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I, I think the other thing is that that's such a seldom thing. Yeah. Um, because everyone has to worry about the next day because mm-hmm. you don't get a lot of days days off when you're on the road. Six of the seven days of the week you're usually playing. Yeah, you're so. working. Yeah, so you know, long days and everyone's tired. <laughs> so just go back to the bus and just the craziness chill is like or- the craziness is usually like finding some insane fan that is obsessed yeah. with someone that's on the package that you're on, mm-hmm. and you're just watching them try to like attempt to talk to that person all day, and you're just yeah. watching them like fail attempt <laughs> security, just pushing them back. There's some funny stuff that happens yeah. for sure. The Homeless uh, people and whatnot. But. Did speaking? Of, did you say Carl Sagan a minute ago? Yeah. Was he the one that you just posted that thing about the AI stuff? No, that's no, that was, that was uh, Sam Harris. Sam Harris. Yeah. I yes, you. Yeah, I I had a feeling that's who I couldn't remember exactly who it was. That is some creepy shit. Yeah. Well, that was something. I, I mean, that's a different topic altogether. But that's something I got introduced to a couple of years ago. But Sam Harris is just a brilliant individual. It's amazing. Completely yeah. brilliant. Individual. Have you heard his podcast? Yeah, a whole bunch of it. He, yeah. uh, what's it called again? Um, I don't remember off the top of my head. I, I don't even remember like half the time with the Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> I listen to every freaking episode of that one. He isn't that just Joe Rogan? No, Rogan it's uh, yeah, Joe Rogan Experience yeah, is called. Yeah. yeah, but I always call it the Joe Rogan podcast. Neil, Neil deGrasse Tyson's Star Talk is the one I've been. That's listening a good one. To yeah, lately. But yeah, I gotta listen to Sam's more. The AI stuff. He was on Joe Rogan talking about that AI stuff and. Yeah. 
God, is that ever scary? And every time I bring that up, people are like, you're afraid of technology it's, and you're afraid of things changing. It's like, no, I'm afraid that people aren't going to be able to control what we create. And we've all seen the movies, well, man. Exactly. <laughs> okay, I mean, it, it, Terminator I, is like, I swear to Christ, <laughs> it's going to happen. What I find the most amusing is like, you know, you get, I it's one of those things where you post something like that and you get like eight people or nine people that are like, okay, I acknowledge this and they give it a like. Yeah. But I got one uh, laughing emoji that from someone I know from high school, another yeah. drummer, and he, it was a laughing emoji. And I can't help but think that if you find this amusing, like if, if you find it amusing. That was the exact a, point of the a, video. In a, sense, in a sense where you feel like this is a little bit nuts, like mm. a little bit crazy. You obviously aren't paying attention to your own cell phone. Yeah. Because if you thought about it 10 years ago, would the iPhone have been a thing? I mean, 10 years ago, it actually did get launched. Yeah. But 20 years ago, the iPhones that are out now completely inconceivable yeah, you, you wouldn't even imagine something even close to if that you had told me, might have been out, if but. you had told me when i was 15 that i'd be able to speak to someone literally on the other side completely on the other side of the world instantaneously and be able to see them in the palm of my hand i would have told you you're nuts while you're walking wherever the wherever hell the want. hell you yeah. feel like you can be in the middle of a park and as long as you're in reception that you can was do maybe it. 50 years but not 20 right yeah this is the whole point like people are like yeah 20 years from now but really it's 10 right so when you think oh we're gonna have robots that are as smart as humans in 100 years it's really like 40 years right or 30 years and we don't know though. the ai is so smart right now they're already there's ai i just saw a thing on ai i think i don't know if it's google's ai it's composing music watson Compo- i don't know i don't know which IBM, one it is ibm is watson there's one that's com- that's composing music com- completely on its own yeah through they taught it um, these techniques that these songwriters use and it knows what key to, mm-hmm. like they give it a key and it composes BPM, yeah. it composes its own music and it's it's completely at random nobody knows what it's going to do it's not programmed it composes the music and it's good music yep it is it is so eerie how quickly this stuff is is changing and people like you said like the whole point of that video that you got the laughing emoji mm-hmm. the whole point of that video is that people are not taking it seriously Exactly. They're, they they love the technology change. They love that they can see you know get a hundred likes on their on their Instagram picture, and that's all they're really thinking about. They're not understanding the consequences of giving these machines the ability to think on their own, and what it could mean for humanity. And mm-hmm. you know the, the example he gave that you know um, if you told everybody there would be a global famine in fifty years, everybody would be shit in their pants. Yeah. But you or you know. Uh, a climate shift like everyone's worried about Something global we warming we can understand yeah, yeah, yeah. everybody's worried Something about global warming to, right yeah. everybody worries about oh it's yeah. two degrees hotter this year big fucking deal okay i get there's glaciers melting there's shit happening that's not great but if if the world was cooling if there was global cooling going on we would be shitting our pants way harder yeah because you cannot grow crops when it's cold you cannot survive in yeah like climates yeah, the when people that cold. the people that don't think gla- like climate change is a thing they'd be like okay i can notice this is the getting people colder. that don't think climate change is a thing are stupid the yeah. climate is changing <laughs> yeah. if you don't believe that the climate is changing you're insane there yeah. are ice core samples that show that there are peaks and valleys over the you know the last even million years if you go back a million years there's peaks and valleys and spikes and dips of cooling heating and cooling constantly even as as early as a couple hundred years ago there was what they called the little ice age Mm -hmm. where the earth cooled significantly quite a bit and you know what happened that time people got sick people weren't able to grow crops and a large majority of the population not a large majority population but a lot of people died Mm -hmm. because of things like just being sick because the sun is giver of life you know and then we came out of that and now we're doing well but 
God damn it, I got off track. Well, where, where was I, I going with that? Well, I was, I think, I was gonna, just going to say, like, that, that's the thing with, that's the reason why the AI thing I think was important because right. Sorry. now uh, the the climate change thing is like, people are like, okay, well, the, there's a reason for me to even look into the research. Yeah. People haven't thought about AI. No. It's not, what do you, why would you, I, I stumbled across it a year ago, like an article a year ago. Mm-hmm. From someone that was like, this is really important. And they were a person that if they said it was really important, I was like, okay, well, I'll mm-hmm. at least check it out. Read the first paragraph and I was like, I'm in for this one. So yeah. it was like a two, it was like a 30 page thing or yeah. something. And I got to the end and I was like, I am so happy I read that whole thing. And ever since then, I've just been aware of that, not going crazy with it. But I saw yeah. that last night and I figured it was important to just keep that that yeah. knowledge that sort of awareness open well when you consider like what like even like, have you guys seen what boston dynamics out of yeah boston yeah the, are doing? the robots the, have you seen the, the swear, robots that are the doing everything? robots like oh fuck like, no <laughs> come on jim you dick <laughs> no i haven't seen those <laughs> i gotta find what i've seen video. are robots robots on wheels that can jump like four feet in the air mm-hmm. they can go down any terrain um robots that run on all fours like a like a I want to say a dog, but it looks more like, like a, a bear, pan- panther, or panther like or a yeah, bear. Yeah. And they are, they used to require these enormous batteries, but as battery technology is getting better, they're getting yeah. smaller. Uh, it's it, the other just, thing. It's information insane, battery, you know? information yeah. battery, the two things that matter for AI. Yeah. And we're maximizing the shit out of yeah. both of those things. So. And someone said to me once, ah, it's all good. If, uh, if AI got out of control, just shut the power off. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you're going <laughs> to shut the power off to everything that has a battery, every laptop that has a battery, also, that thing will jump from, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> It's gonna. It's not gonna be like that easy. Also, it's gonna be a little bit beyond you just being able to plug it in. Exactly. Plug it from the. Wall. We won't even be controlling the power at that no, point. That's not. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, it's it's just a a, a realm beyond. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of people's general. Oh, definitely. Uh, thought process. Definitely, people aren't. Even, they're going. They're going about their life oblivious. They just. They want to be able to get shit faster. They want to be able to see their Facebook page load better. And, and so do I. So do I. You but know, I just mean, want my teammates on NHL 17 to yeah. be better. They should work on that AI. I want them to be better too. I, I watch those games. There will be a point where you won't be able to beat that AI at some point. Oh. It'll just. It'll be too good. Yeah, human chess. Speaking yeah. of things changing, I recently got a, an article sent to me. I don't know if you guys seen it. It's been floating around the internet a little bit about how, <coughs> excuse me, how electric guitars are decline. Sales are declining. I saw that. And people are talking about basically the quote unquote death of the electric guitar. So I had this sent to me by, by a friend and like a couple of friends in a group. And I, I just said to myself, I didn't say to myself, I typed it back. I'm like, the electric guitar is not dying. This is clickbait. If you believe that electric, like the electric guitar or rock music is going anywhere anytime soon, you're nuts. It, it, it will never completely die. And it's, it's just like going back to like the thing I was saying about punk. Punk didn't die. It's, it's kind of quieted down a bit, but it's always there. I think there's just more music now. Like even the metal scene yeah. now compared to what it was like everyone was into punk yeah. when we were like in high school yeah. and now it's like a lot of kids are into metal. Some kids are into punk. Some kids are mm-hmm. into other stuff. There's, I think there's just more variety now. Yeah. Like, but, and that's what I mean though. Like the electric guitar is not dying. No, it like, never will. Take a guitar, take an electric guitar, plug it into a Marshall, take someone exactly. that's never played a guitar, you know, yeah. let them strum a few chords on that. And that's, that feeling is never, yeah, gonna, it's not going away. Never going to go away. And I know Gibson and Fender are, they're losing their shirts and, and I get it. Like, but that happens sometimes. And, and electronic music is not helping. Like I know a guy at, at, well, that I used to work with who had like he bought his kid like a launch pad for like um, programming drum beats and the 
kids never owned a guitar, but he's owned a drum, uh, like a drum machine, yeah. you know, essentially. So I get it. Things go in different ways, but you're never going to have like that, that death of the electric guitar title or whatever it was on the, on the article. It's just clickbait. It's just a design to get you to uh, yeah. look at that article. I, I feel like they're, they're forgetting, uh, first of all, all the, the, the custom luthiers around the world, but yeah, there's a company um, out of Netherlands that are making uh, guitars mm -hmm. with absolutely zero wood. What are they making them out of? Their own material. It's like called a, Arium. Like a synthetic it's called material? Ar yeah, it's called Arium, and it's basically porous, so it breathes like wood. Hmm. Um, and for a while, they had maybe f wood fretboard, and that was it, but it's like done in a dye. Hmm. And it's all, we went to the factory last year, and it's in Harlem, Netherlands, and... The thing that's interesting about guitars is that recently, I don't know if any of you guys know this from a month or two ago, but rosewood is like, you can't get it anymore. Yeah. And we're, but we're talking, no one said anything until orders were made and people yeah. realized there was no rosewood left kind it's, of thing. It's coming, it's changed again. It, for a while it was illegal. Like I bought it's, a Les Paul in 2012 and at that time they... There was a ban, an import ban on yeah, rosewood. sustainability. They could is... use whatever they had. So what they did was they saved all the rosewood for their high end guitars, and all the lower end stuff like mine were getting what they called uh, baked maple fretboards. Mm -hmm. Or there's another Sounds wood. Delicious. Yeah, I know it does, doesn't it? Sounds like a donut at some point. Or or some other wood that they had. But now actually they're they're allowed certain um, certain amount of quantities to come in. So now Gibson's gone back to rosewood fretboards and right. things like that. But yeah, it's it's so tough to get those woods. What I'm saying is that the sustainability side of everything yeah. is, I doubt that that whoever did the survey is looking at specifically Gibson or anything but Gibson and Fender and yeah. maybe PRS because Aristides is they're like way like they have way too many orders. They can barely handle it. Wow, because they're they're doing something that no one else can it's do. Different, yeah. And they're doing something that is helping the sustain. Like I don't know. It's just mm -hmm. a, if you're gonna do that, doing it now is a great time. And and they look so good. The how guitars about, look amazing. How about the uh, drummer from speaking of doing things that are that are different in in you know making musical instruments? How about the drummer from Wilhelm Scream making his own stuff? Whale City. Okay, I love that. Whale guy. City drums. Nick Nick is one of my. Okay, so man. Nick, Nick and I had a lot of conversations on the tour we did with them in December, and I used his kit one night because it was a weird stage setup. Yeah. And I remember the opening band, who was from Japan, um, myself and Nick all used Nick's kit because there was only that much room. There wasn't, like, much room, and Mike from Protest the Hero had his stuff where mm. it was. So, so Nick was like, you should use my stuff if you want because whatever, and we were chatting about drums because I have custom drums as well. Okay. And he's a school bus driver, actually, uh, like by day. Is and he? Yeah, yeah. So he's been doing that for a he while. He does the school bus driving, then he builds drums at night, probably. Yeah, yeah. And I then mean, he's been tours doing with it. Wilhelm when... Exactly. Superhero. Cheese. Normal guy. I thought he was going to fly away at a couple songs. What well, a, not, yeah. well, not to mention, the other thing I, I love about Nick is that uh, as soon as I came back from that tour, I used him as an example in so, like, so many of my lessons because... His speed and control, I just want to put that as a side it's note on the drum. He, the guy is just, he's an absolute, he's, he's like an actual like hand reel machine gun. Yeah. And you're just, yeah. it's it's effortless to keep that wheel going. He's just. Well, that's what I meant when I said to Rob just now, like when I looked at Rob and said, I thought he's going to fly away because he played every song so fast. They play those damn Way songs. Way faster than they even yeah. needed to. Yeah. No, and I swear play. to God, he is perfect on every beat. Yeah. It's like crazy. I, I recently saw another show. Um. I saw, um, oh damn it. 
can't remember what the name of the band is. They played with Hot Kid anyway. And uh, and the band had a, they had a great drummer. Don't get me wrong. The guy the guy was great. Um, but when Hot Kid came on and, and Rob, who plays drums for Hot Kid, he put on his uh, he put on his like click track. Put yeah. his headphones in. Earbuds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Never seen never seen him play live before. Only heard the record. And the record's great. Yeah. But I thought, but you know how that goes, right? You hear a record yeah. and it's nice and polished, and then you go see the band and you don't know what to expect. Yeah. Sometimes and it's good, sometimes not so much. By by the middle of the second <laughs> uh by the middle of the second song, my hair was standing on end. Like That's great, they are yeah. that tight. Really? Rob is an amazing drummer. Like he played and this is my point with the drummers is the 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 other drummer was great for the other band. But he was also playing to a click, and he was making. And I'm not a drummer, and I could hear the mistakes. Right. And they're they're not in your face. They're they're subtle. I mean, mm-hmm. every music. God damn it! You know, <laughs> I'm I'm a guitar player. I make a lot of mistakes. Like these playing with these guys, even those easy so like you know easy. I'm just strumming chords. I sometimes I forget and play the wrong damn chord. You know. We all do that. Yeah, but some more than others. Trust me. But <laughs> when I do. saw like you know, and, and I expect that, and then when I saw Hockey play, and Rob was just he was on right on like comfortable and everything yeah and perfect like i'm telling you there was i was listening there were no mistakes like yeah. just so comfortable knows you, all the songs and yeah. played them perfect and that's exactly how um is it nick from yeah, yeah yeah he was just like that you hear it and you're listening for you know a bobble or a screw yeah nothing. he, he just, is he is like an iron he rules with an iron yeah fist. that guy is and he's like six foot th- 35 he's like yeah he's huge i walked <laughs> he's up to just, him i was like whoa he's the nicest man like oh he's a gentle giant such a such a quiet guy. Love it. I is love that his it. superhero name? I don't know. I would love to. Have, I would love to do one of these with him because just to ask him about not only playing with yeah, Wilhelm no, Scream, he'd be an interesting guy to but have. But to talk about building his own drums, like yeah. have you seen how he does it? The uh, shells are are they're not the stave. Yeah, 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 yeah. No. yeah they're not. He's like, more into it than I am. He oh knows God, what he's he doing. knows what he's doing. He was telling us about how he's got a lathe. You know, he, he puts all the staves on together and then he puts it on this lathe and it trims so that you get a perfectly round shell. Whereas like if you had like if you were bending a piece of wood, bending yep. a piece of maple, it gets just round via the... The, the bend. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, through the bend. The warp itself. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But to do individual pieces and get them per- like... And those drums look awesome. They're really we nice. S- Sean and I went up and looked at them up close and they are like... Yeah, Sean, Sean would love them. Yeah, yeah, he was he how. was into it, and especially since he's got history with Wilhelm from, yep. you know, from Broken Star going down to record in Massachusetts and staying with those guys and mm-hmm. you know playing shows with them and partying with them. So he he knew them, which was our in to talk to them. I love talking to the bands always. If I if I can get a chance to talk to the bands that are playing, um, I always want to do that. And he was my in, and we got to talk to Nuno, who was great, and, we, and then we talked to Nick him. for about yeah fifteen minutes. People are literally waiting these these excited kids to get their stuff signed and we're just talking to him about building drums. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going, Sean, we, we got to go, man. This kid's been waiting to get his set list signed for the last 20 minutes. You know? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like one twenty, not 120 in the morning. It's probably like 12, 20 in the morning and we're just talking drums with this guy on stage. He hasn't even broken down one piece of his kit yet and we're, you know, talking to him. I feel bad for some of those kids. I always like end up walking up to people like Nick yeah. after the show just like, you know, like yeah, grabbing his nipple or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> just like doing something stupid and then forgetting that he's trying to yeah. have a conversation with someone mm-hmm. they i i can't believe the draw they they had like it Me was neither dude it they was were, really been good, going man. at it for they such the, a long time over 20 years they said yeah it's, they were uh, the best band going there. and we th- we didn't like because we were out with protest the hero we're like oh yeah, yeah everyone here's for protest and every time we would finish and wilhelm would start setting up and every kid would just be front of the stage just like yeah. staring up like waiting for them to start because they 
everyone knows that place was honking man i'm telling you they were literally going to bring down the house that floor was moving beneath their feet you're uh you're talking about the following that they have i actually have a funny story um i'm delivering and i deliver like out yeah a lot of a lot of country stuff so i'm on a highway in between brantford and and uh waterford Mm -hmm. basically and there's this little uh farm equipment store yeah so i go in there and uh i've seen this guy a bunch of times and he's signed for packages a bunch of times. And uh, he's wearing a Wilhelm Scream t-shirt. Oh, yeah. And this is in the middle of the country. Like, yeah. And I, and I was like, hey, man, like, do you know that band? He's like, no, I got this at a secondhand clothing store. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. He's like, of course I know the band. What do you think about it? And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. So then we started talking about yeah. them. But, but yeah, I mean, they've, uh, they've been at it for a long time. And they're awesome. I remember playing with them like they were smacking Isaiah when we were in One Point Lost. Yeah. And... Uh, just that's what they were called like, before yeah, yeah. smacking Isaiah. Yeah. I, it's, it's, I remember they've been that. a Wilhelm scream for a long time I think oh yeah I think that uh, shortly after that they became a Wilhelm scream but I yeah. mean I the first time I saw those guys I was just like oh my god like, mm-hmm. it was great did you you didn't go down to Boston with those guys at all did you I almost did yeah but I didn't uh, I, I wasn't didn't sure it. or not yeah I think I was unemployed at the time and I really had nothing going on and actually uh, Chad the singer of that band yep uh wanted me to come because he liked my uh comical antics and he was like you've got to come with us man it's not going to be the same without you he's another one i'd and, like to have uh, on here to yeah, talk stuff yeah. you know he'd, all that uh, old stuff he'd be really good he would yeah. uh yeah so i didn't make it but mm-hmm. uh, almost i almost did yeah sean has nothing but good things to say about that trip and I, I mean i can imagine what it was like for those guys to be in another country recording an album for at the time it was tank records i don't even know if tank records is still around or not but um i remember a funny story about uh when they got down there and i guess so they uh, i forget whose label it was mm-hmm. somebody from the band i don't know if they're still in the band yeah they had the label and that tank records so okay. they signed broken star to that they went down there and uh in which band wilhelm scream broken star no no so it, who, they were smacking isaiah then so and they but they had the label. They had the label. Somebody in the band had the label. Oh, okay, I, I gotcha. I don't know the specifics of it, but so that's so anyway, why they end up staying and, with them. Yeah, they, ah, and, I gotcha. And whoever okay. the guy was that had the label had the studio. They were right. recorded, and I remember them like, yeah, yeah, we heard your music. We thought you guys were gonna be big burly <laughs> motherfuckers, and you get out and you're these little guys. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's always a funny story that I remember yeah. hearing from them from being down there. But yeah, you know what? And they always say Boston Mass, but it's not Boston Mass. It's New, uh, Bedford. New Bedford, which is huge like uh uh portuguese people down there right yeah in new bedford because yeah. i have fa- i have family down there it's like cambridge down there. it is exactly <laughs> and and i didn't realize like nuno is probably portuguese oh he is yeah, yeah. he's very very portuguese yeah so not probably at all <laughs> <laughs> so he, like was talking about his pride of being yeah, portuguese yeah 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 and it you know it is what it is. And I should have brought that up to him. Like I should have told him like we're from Cambridge. We probably have family that knows each other. Guaranteed. Yeah. Guaranteed. You know? Cause that's, that's a big, like it's, it's so weird how these populations caught and stuff. Yeah, right? like, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I, Sean has, like I said, Sean has nothing but good things to say about those guys. And you know, it was just a fuck it. I hadn't seen a punk show in forever. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I think I told you that, you know, I didn't have the money to really go to the show. Like, I don't have a ton of expendable cash right now. So I was like, I'm not going to go to the show unless I win those tickets. Yeah. Then I win the tickets. Yeah. And Scott, Scott comes over to drop off the tickets. Scott Rebello, when we get talking, he f- tells me he knows you and he used to yep. be in, um, Sasha's accent. Who used to yeah, play with you guys all the, time. all the time. Yeah. He's a great you guy, know? Scotty. Yeah, he is. And I just, 
it's so weird how the world is so small. Like I'm like, who is this guy? Oh, he just lives, oh, lives up the road. Yeah, and then oh, you know this guy. guy. And I'm like, oh, I, can't. I actually delivered to him one day. I hadn't seen him in years. Oh yeah, and just I out of the blue. Yeah, I was showed up at his house, and he's like, hey man, what's up? Like yeah, yeah. Who did you uh, you delivered to someone funny with a funny name recently? I did. Uh, I don't know if the name was real, but it was Mike Crocock. <laughs> Oh my god, <laughs> Mike Crocock. Yeah, that was on the package. So Mike Crocock. There's if no that way guy, that's if real. They, yeah, his parents are assholes. Yeah, if if, uh, if, if he's if that's a real name. There's yeah. been some funny ones though. I had actually a few weeks or a few months ago. I had uh, Bruce Banner. <laughs> <laughs> don't make him mad. And I don't drop his like, package. I'm like, wow, he's not home. Like I'm gonna have to come back tomorrow. <laughs> I hope I hope I don't make him angry. I don't think I like him when he's angry. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, there's always funny stuff like that. Yeah, I just shit goes on every day that makes me laugh i'm 100 percent like the name on the mailbox wasn't crowcock yeah. you know like i'm pretty no. sure it was and it was a funny thing it was a pair of lululemon pants so <laughs> i mean say what you cover want cover that. name yeah maybe People it's are, to accentuate the last name it's i hear shit every day that just makes and you know what it, that very well could be a real name because the crap i hear every day is just it's not so unbelievable it's yeah. so out there you know what my nephew did my nephew is uh he's 11 you know what him and his buddies just did the other day? They ordered a pizza to their school, to their grade school, and it came at recess. Huh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Darren's looking to play cats. Yeah, he is. A yeah. couple of messages just came in on Rob and uh, Nate's phone, yeah. and they're, it's their roommate who's yeah, looking to play cats. Yeah, but it's Jam Night of the Kiwi. It is. Jam Night. Yeah. What goes on through? So you were talking about this earlier, and I was going to bring this up. Um just being able to play music with people mm-hmm. in general, you know, like yeah. when I was 12, that's all I wanted to do. So yeah. I joined a band because I knew people that I could join a band with, but not a lot of people have that. So jam nights at, there's so many bars around here that have jam nights, like the Rhapsody in Kitchener has them now. Mm-hmm. Well, I used to host one at the Argyle in Preston for a while. Okay. With Daryl and I used to host a pretty legendary jam night. We did open mic down at the Nutty Parrot before it was the pick and I shovel. Yes, it did Boy. turn into a jam night kind of some nights. But well, it was yeah. a, unofficially it was. It turned into a whatever night yeah. because we didn't really have anything really planned. We would just go down there with guitars and play the songs we knew. And then everybody, would, sometimes guys would jump on, sometimes they wouldn't. Sometimes there'd be five people in the bar. Yeah. You know? We didn't care. We were getting drinks and getting paid. So yeah. whatever yeah. It was yeah. what it was. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. But no, the jam night there. thing in general is mm-hmm. always like a blast. I think it just creates so many interesting moments. But what do they do down there? They have some musicians on hand like that are putting it, putting piece, it on. Three pieces. Yeah, band? it's like three dudes that are. Like and then the you can sit in or do they, yeah. or can you also just go there and yeah. say, listen, my, me and my two buddies want to take totally. over. Totally. Yeah. You can do whatever, come almost whenever you want. Like, yeah. I mean. You sign up on the list and then, yeah, they get you in there. If you want to go in that and do a stressful though, because. I mean, for a guy like me who likes to be prepared before you do stuff like that, I would hate to just be on the spot and be like, hey, let's just do a jam in front of all these people. And like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, there, that's sort of the other element of, of music. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's weird. Like there's the rehearsed side of things and there's the spontaneous side of things. And I think some people are better at one or the other, but there's, there's an aspect to it that even if you don't think if you even if you're not comfortable with being spontaneous, mm-hmm. it's actually a lot more fun than you'd expect. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of it's honestly kind of like having a band practice in front of people, mm-hmm. which is a little bit horrifying. But at the same time, like when you pull it off, it's and when there's like 14 people yeah. in the bar and everyone everyone night, gets it. it you know, matter. it's a jam night. You're not there. It's not a you know mm-hmm. a band or whatever. It's but when a, there are 40 people in the bar and you're playing, like we played last. It was last week or two weeks ago. We yeah. played and we closed the night out because yeah. we played last and. Mm-hmm. 
and everyone was like oh, encore we got like three encores yeah, it was awesome yeah. like we were just gotta work time. in the morning you guys are also forgetting that you're in a band <clears throat> excuse me in a band that like plays covers so like, yeah. you guys at know that, at you, that you bar have that too yeah at exactly. that actual bar we spend a lot of time at that right bar. And, and so you've Half got a lot of practice doing that stuff but you know i wonder how many people actually go down there you know with their guitar or whatever and like looking to just sit in with a band like you there, know how often does that there's, happen there's a there's a lot of people like yeah. like on a minimum on a thursday night there there's six or seven people mm-hmm. like on the list of people that are trying yeah, to go up wow i think it's a lot like sometimes like for a lot of people that's the only chance they get to play right right so yeah they probably put a lot of preparation into it and, well i mean that's, and it makes it great like yeah you know well that's i mean that's kind of what i'm looking for too like i'd like to be in something again just especially now that I've got all this time in my hands, I've been playing a lot more guitar. I'm getting a lot better again. And uh, like even like Mike and Mike and Brad were talking about Mike and Brad Katzern from Somehow Hollow when they were here. Um, their album Busted Wings and Rusted Halos turns 15 this year. Oh yeah. But they're not even sure they're going to do a show. And it's like, man, a 15 year anniversary. You got to do I would a show. Do. I would definitely. And they're talking that. about their guitar player um, Sean Till, who who plays guitar in that band having you know having kid after kid after kid and not having time to do this band and i'm yeah. thinking in my head I'm, the gears are turning like <laughs> should i just ask them if i can jump in and do this show with them and i'm like no because that's like my favorite one of my favorite yeah. bands and for me to do that might ruin it for me like even if they let me do that or let me try out to do that um i'd rather almost just see that show but yeah it's uh, that's the thing i've been thinking about like how do i insert myself somewhere or start a bit because it's again it's chemistry you got to know the right people it and really for me is. it's tough for me it's weird to go down to like a jam night like you guys are talking about and jump in with a couple guys i have no idea who they are and just say hey mm-hmm. let's play uh rocking in the free world keep on rocking you know because i can't do that i don't know them i don't know what they're going to be like you know like like when we were playing regularly with matt and you and we had rusty in the band um you got to know You'd almost know if there was a mistake coming. You could feel it coming, and then you could compensate for it, or, or you know, that's that's part know. of it. Though when you play, like I mean, for instance, Matt and I have been playing together, yeah, forever. yeah, yeah. Like we were sixteen the first time we played together, right? Yeah. Um. So like literally over half of our lives now. Uh. So with us, we're we're very like I mean we do a lot of cover up stuff between the two of us and now we've yeah. been playing with nate so long too it's just like yeah we all know each other yeah it's, uh, we know what mistakes there's an art right. there's an art to doing that too right yeah but i will say the one thing about the jam nights is that even if you're an apprehensive individual in terms of going and doing this mm-hmm. you're nine times out of ten it's gonna it's gonna th- it's going to go better than you expected it to. Right. Yeah. Um, and I see a lot of people coming out cause I used to host the one jam night with the one guy and, uh, his name is Mike Meacher and he plays in a band called the mud men from yep. around here. Mm-hmm. And so he's, um, I had a friend that used to play in the mud men. There was yeah. a guitar player. Matt, co- Matt Coburn used to play in that band. I was just going to say Matt Coburn, yep. who I was talking to. Well, I wasn't talking to yesterday, but I briefly had the interaction. Okay. And, uh, uh, Nick Shepko, who I went to high school with, okay. was also in that band. Anyway, Mike uh, is an adaptable player, and I'm—I've been like a listener my whole musical life because I played a lot of gigs where I don't know the songs. So mm-hmm. I have to listen the whole time I'm playing. So, right. lots of practice doing that. Mike has lots of practice doing that. We had people come in and trying to play a song or two, and they'd be like, "This is an original song," and my job is to make sure they feel as comfortable as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but their job is just to do what they do 
and mm-hmm. be confident with it. Because if they're not confident, I can't really help them. I can't keep helping them because I can't really read them right. and continue boasting them on, like putting them on that platform. So yeah. if you go into a jam night thinking that it's all going to go to shit, it might go to shit. But if you go into a jam night and you're like, I'm going to play, I'm just, I know the mm-hmm. song really well. Yeah. I'm going to go in, I'm just going to play guitar <clears throat> and sing the song at the top of my lungs and the band, if mm. they're with me, they're with me. If they're not, they're not. Yeah. If you go with that attitude, you're going to have an amazing performance. Yeah, you got to get out of your own head and that's not not been a strength of mine ever. Like I'm always critic hypercritical of myself and I'm always thinking about don't fuck up, don't fuck up to the point where it makes me fuck up, you know? That's like, why I drink when I play. Yeah, and you know what? That, that's uh yeah. <laughs> and I, I mean, learned that. You remember like we I, I, And then within reason, you know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like with by the third I'm going to put show in air quotes because we only ever played in your house in Guelph. But by the <laughs> we third... We play for some people. I think we had a party one night. And all, we, all the times were a party. Yeah, yeah, you had a big yeah. party and people came and, and we would play. And then, but by the third time we did that, uh, and finally we did it upstairs because we did it in the basement a couple of times and it was weird. People people were weird about coming down. So we just did it upstairs in one of the empty rooms. A lot of rooms. weird things happened in that basement. <laughs> yeah, a lot of... <laughs> <laughs> yes, but when we played, it up, honestly creeped me out being down there too. Yeah, with the weird kitchen that we would just stare into when we were jamming. Well, the guy that lived down there that yeah. one night gave me a lecture on why I should be wearing a tinfoil hat so the people on my TV can't oh, see into no. my soul. Uh, yeah, and then there's another day when I, like, some random old man used to hang out with this guy, and I didn't know what the hell they were doing down there. Yeah, and then one day I look in my driveway and there's an ambulance. And then I open the door to go downstairs and the, this old man's on a stretcher being carted out of the basement. I'm like, Jesus. oh, what the hell they were doing down there? But anyway, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't even want to know what happened in that basement. But the booze helped. And we drank a little bit yeah. when we practiced and we drank definitely at the parties. And by, like I said, by the third show, quote unquote show, I would have, I had a beer on the go, like one of these, a tall boy. And then I had a small mickey of fireball on top of my amp yeah. and at that time i still had the 5150 head with the marshall 412 yeah. stack half stack and i would put it on there and in between songs i go glug 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 and then i would take a sip of my beer and then it just by the second song everything just felt better yeah, yeah. you're just loose and and i mean not to say everybody needs to drink to have a good time but it really helps me to get out of my head to play better just a just a matter of getting loose you know yeah. like i'm i'm an okay musician like singing is my strong Point, I think yeah. um, but playing in with bands like with Matt and like Nate yeah. and Sean and like yeah I'm playing with like these high-end musicians so it kind of mm-hmm. pushes me to another level but at the same time sometimes I get in my own head like oh shit I can't do that I can't yeah and I I've learned to like kind of get over that and mm-hmm. Having a few brews helps too. Like, yeah, oh, I can do that. Yeah, I can do anything. All right, let's do it. And even just getting out of that mindset like even just like the more I practice now like, like I said I practice almost every day now and it's so weird like you play the same thing and you're like ah crap I'm never gonna get that and a week later you're doing it yeah and you're like oh I can do that so it's just like it's like I had uh, my buddy uh, Alex Armbruster who's a a stuntman on podcast the very first episode and you know I asked him you know like you're a really positive guy how much of that do you attribute to your success and he just said it's it's everything if you put yourself in that mindset you're gonna do good you're gonna perform if you don't you're not going to if you think if you have doubt if you don't commit 100% you're gonna screw up yeah. or you're you know and well, it's just it's it, it's Allison tells me that it's all a the psychological time. game yeah you know? exactly you gotta, yeah if you, exactly. if you've defeated yourself you know before you even yeah. start you've lost yeah no totally and it makes sense yeah it does make sense it does yeah okay good 
I, I knew what I was thinking, and then when I said it, I'm like, I don't know if that's the exact thought. But no, it yeah. does. It, it's it's the way it should be, and I think if I'm ever going to do anything musically with people, I got to get over the fact that got to get a bit of an ego. Like I'm fucking awesome. Well, I'm kill this shit. <laughs> you, out, you, on, you honestly do. You have to have yeah. at least a piece of you that goes, I'm good enough. Yeah, that's the most. That's as soon as you have that, you're yeah. fine. Like it, it is a little toxic to get to get into your head and think that you're it really helps it happens to everybody it to, really to helps if you're doing it with your friends though yeah, it's oh, you know, with, with your friends it, you know if you screw up yeah. ah you know you laugh yeah. about it and keep on but like i was almost in a cover band recently um and right before i i i had a job interview and it kind of freaked me out and i was like if i get in if i get another job i'm not gonna be able to do this with these guys uh or commit as much as i need to by the sounds of it and so i kind of chickened out and didn't go um never chicken out yeah, well that was a thing that was a thing and matt kind of told me like you know you should have gone just to see you know yeah. just to see how you would have done and see what they're like and you know if you get along with them but for me it's just such a weird thing to not know those people and be going completely in yep. you know dark yep. and they were playing some really complicated songs uh like they wanted to play tom uh tom sawyer by, by oh, wow. rush and Jeez. and i'm going man <laughs> if they can pull that off i'm not that's not the band for me you know that's actually not that difficult of a song in the rush world yeah, I don't. I don't know. The rush world is a world that I don't. It's, know yeah, I, I don't want to go into that world. It's tough, man. Like honestly, it's it's too. It's it, great. It's yeah, just, yeah. it's a little. It just weird feels too complicated for me. You know, it's not the kind of music I play. And like, yeah, it's, uh, it's all yeah. about comfort. You know, yeah, play what you're comfortable playing. Yeah, that's and, my yeah. I'm that's why I gotta find like some people that I can kind of trust again. You know what I mean? And know that if I go in, it's gonna be for fun, and they're not gonna look at me like I'm an idiot if I play the wrong chord at the wrong time. Because when you're We've going all played in bands like that, yeah, people like that. Yeah, I know, I know. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'm that guy. Well, but sometimes I do it jokingly to mock. Well, I mean, and we've all laughed have, at Sean for being that guy. You know, Sean, yeah. Sean was always the guy that would make you. Well, that's make the you producer. Better. That's yeah. the producer in him. But it makes you, know? you better. You oh, know, 100%. and he wasn't doing it out of a place of uh, you knew it wasn't a place yeah. of making fun of you. It was yeah. a place of hey, Let's do get your, do your job. Yeah, play better, do your job, play yeah. it right. You know. And so I never really, you know, faulted him for that. The little times that I've ever played with him where he's had a criticism. It's perfectionist. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's and that's fun. good. Yeah, yeah. That's good. So anyway, um, listen, we're coming up to the two hour mark. Uh, two hours is probably a good, good time to stop. But yeah. before, before we do, um, where can, uh, where can everyone find shred penner dates if they wanted to see you guys play live? Just I on a Facebook do a page? better job posting it. I usually post it the week before. Okay. Yeah. We got, I, a, we got a Facebook page. Yeah. That yeah. Rob handles. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So I usually post the week of because I've, there's been times when I posted like a month in advance. Too and early. Show up at the bar that weekend. Like, oh, yeah. You said you're playing on Saturday, Saturday, July 23rd, not right June 29th or whatever. Right. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I post usually the week of on Facebook. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's that's about it. And then auras and intervals both have Facebook pages as well. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's all more in advance. Okay. For sure. Unless. I mean, there's the odd time, but yeah. usually, yeah, usually things are months and like the inter- the uh, intervals Europe tour got announced a month ago, and it's it starts October thirty first. Nice. So, and how long Halloween? are you away with that? Uh, it's three. Yeah, Halloween. Are you gonna play Halloween that body suit London? again? I'm thinking about bringing the morph suit, <laughs> the muscle morph suit, back to back to UK. Are you get too hot playing that thing. Uh, well, I mean, it's I'm pretty minimal. Not. If yeah. that's the only thing I have on, it's, yeah, it's, it's it doesn't leave much to the imagination. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Yeah, I actually played a. I was so quick little quick little story. Yeah, yeah. No, we're in no rush, man. I just the I just first uh, intervals tour I ever uh, filled in for initially 
was just in Ontario and Quebec and it was in 2012. And uh, we had a shred. That was one of the fr- shred, first Shred Penner shows for sure. So we Halloween. definitely, yeah, it was yeah. Halloween 2012. Fimacool's Guelph. I and right? yes, Fimacool's Guelph. And Intervals had played the night before in Guelph as mm-hmm. well at the Vinyl. Oh, yeah. And that was sort of our Halloween night, which okay. we all dressed up on stage. I think Aaron was Gumby. <laughs> and it was crazy. And the the one guy, I think the bass player was like Slender Man. And oh, my God. So, yeah, it was pretty wild. Um, we like all pretty much all had morph suits on except for Gumby. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, so I played the show at Sweat terribly it was it was stinky and you know oh, not good after that <laughs> and then the next night was the only day off on that little tour and shred had a show which was halloween and shred had a show in in guelph so i just put that thing back on and went and played Suited with shred up. with a few of the people from the tour package that came out to the show because we were just in guelph like yeah. it worked out so perfectly yeah and uh yeah so i i wore the same outfit for both those shows and i still have that and i think there might be mold in it i don't know oh god that's exciting it's one of those like old you know throw it in the basement and never really think about it yeah don't wash it and i throw it away i just saw it the other day and i was like i don't know if i should ever put this on again (laughs) i don't think i will but (laughs) there's many other costumes i'm sure people would rather see you drum in probably well the problem is you can't really add too many layers otherwise i know you overheat people want that People don't want me to die up there. No, that's the, <laughs> no. People are not going to expect me to like torture myself. People definitely don't want you to torture yourself for oh. art. Well, some people, have some, to people some people, some people, people will, torture themselves for their art, but you shouldn't by wearing a bodysuit. That's for sure. Yeah, or like too much hair. You know, I can't. I can't do a wig on stage like that. No, would not work. For me. I've done it multiple times. <laughs> yeah, you could get away with it. You also had long hair for a while. I did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah face yeah no. I look back now and I look like the guy from hot tub time machine <laughs> <laughs> that guy's in a new show have yeah? you seen it it's no. called I'm dying up here it's a good show does he have short hair and a beard now no. okay he has, good he has long hair yeah <laughs> good he has long hair still he looks the exact same yeah it's a great nice. show anyway old Husey screwy Louie <laughs> thank you for being here on episode three of the I Got Ask podcast. It was a pleasure. I'm yeah, a fan pleasure. of the podcast. Um, I've listened to all of them so far. Yeah we did. And, uh, yeah. Next Shred We actually listened to the uh the Brad and Mike episode while we were playing Catan last oh, night. Oh, nice! Yeah, yeah. nice. So, yeah. A couple nights ago. Uh, yeah, we have. Let me just. Uh, Got to be one coming up soon. Do we get? Yeah, I think it's. Well, Nate's gonna be gone for a little while, so yeah, we have like, a show with Nate for a while. Yeah, um, obviously, yeah. Bulla Fest is coming. Bulla up Bulla Fest next is actually coming up next week, and that's a party that his parents put on every year. Oh, cool! And uh, we're bands all day. It's really oh, wow. awesome. Yeah, it's, if you guys uh, want to come, yeah. yeah, you should. I'd be into that. Yeah, yeah it's uh, next Saturday. I think we play eight. We play at seven forty-five till nine. Nice. And yeah. my dad's band plays from like nine fifteen to like eleven thirty or something. Cool. So yeah, we have that, and then we have uh, July twenty-first. We're in Toronto at the Antler Room, and then uh, the 29th of July, we're back at the Kiwi for one of those crazy nights. So nice. then, yeah, August is completely. We're doing yeah, we're like weddings and all kinds of stuff. I'll be back for the second week of August. And okay, yeah, it should be fun. Cool. All right. Well, thanks a lot, guys. Um, thank you, everyone, for tuning in to episode three of the I Got Asked podcast. Um, if you liked what you heard today, uh, please share it, like it, 
the Facebook page is there and all the links to all the stuff's on there as well. I'm on Instagram uh, and Twitter as well now. So uh, give me some likes so I can keep doing this thing. I need the motivation. Otherwise, it's going to drop off quick and I really like doing it. So please hit that like button, okay? And share it with all your friends. All right, that's it. Thanks a lot. Uh, look forward to episode four. I'm not sure who it's going to be yet, but uh, definitely be out next week. We're going to try to do one a week. So look forward to that. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.